This is South Florida's only... You know what we need to start the show, George? What's that? Paradise. Beasley Broadcast Group Station. I got some. Friday, you bastard. Baby, launch a couple missiles toward a place we know. Yes. And aim them at a fella. Whose first name begins with O. Oh! There's one thing we all understand. Uh-huh. Al-Qaeda won't be finished until we blow up Pakistan. <laughs> we could chase them around forever with our tanks and all our troops. But special forces are so tired. Jumping through them hoops Jesus Christ You know we need another plan So let's cut out all the nonsense And go blow up Pakistan Alright Al-Qaeda needs a nuclear tan Why don't we stop Yeah. Boom, boom. 902 at 560 WQAM. Boy, everything is like, uh, this is the day. I just feel this is like a turning point in our lives today, you know? Uh-huh. I don't know what that is, but you just have that feeling. George just turned about 14 degrees uh, shorter. He's about two foot seven now. Maybe you can be the new Timmy on Passions. Because the chair he's got in there is all screwed up. But we're not going to go into a whole thing today because the audience doesn't like the tone of that. You know, I... We ought to apologize to the audience for the tone of yesterday's show because it was a rude awakening coming back here. Just like the overhead right now, it's uh, really weak, very, very weak, you know? Here I thought that I was in paradise, and they're coming to find out I'm in hell, you know? In fact, I think, remember the poll we took a few days ago about is there a heaven or a hell? And I think 90, 110% of the people said there is a hell, and we're living in it, South Florida. And I think maybe some of them had a point. How about yesterday's poll? 809 votes on there. Kind of on the marginal side. Boca Brian's new disc is doing well, by the way. Did you see that? We already got 30, I think, sold. Should have 100 by the end of the weekend. Because there isn't one person out there who shouldn't have their own copy of Restitution and Mo Bits Volume 1. Got 40 great bits on there, including all of the Mo stuff. You know what I'm saying? Jesus Christ. Yeah, I don't know if that's on there. I guess not. Well, that's something to look forward to. 809 votes. We asked, which South Florida talk show host do you think is the oldest Mo Howard David wins, hands down your pants, 313. I'll tell you one thing. His ratings may not be too strong, but he sure has won a lot of polls on this show, you know. He is. He ranks very high with this audience. 313 votes, 38.6%. Mike Ranieri, 187, 23.1% for old Mikey. Hey, WIOD listeners, before you click that switch in the morning, make sure you fill your bowl with Renarios. Renarios meets the recommended daily allowance of news, traffic, and weather while giving you the minimum daily requirement of stimulating talk. Just one morning dose of Renarios, and you'll swear you're hearing quality entertainment. Just one morning dose of Renarios, and you'll swear you're hearing quality entertainment. Renarios, fortified with eight essential pharmaceuticals to give you the energy to make it through the show. Renarios, you'll love the crispy corny flake and those lovable marshmallow Henry's, Elaine's, Bob's, and Sonny's. Renarios. Renarios, part of a complete breakfast treatment. Renarios should be used as directed and should not be given to children under the age of 50. In case of overdose, look in the yellow pages under Uga Muga. 
I'll get a little tired of that crap, I can tell you right now. Okay. Anyway, Ranieri came in second, 187, which I'm pretty sure Mikey's older than I am. I'm positive of that. But I'm also positive Mo is a hell of a lot older than he is. Uh, it's refreshing now, and it is mild. And maybe it'll come back up again here now that we're back on um, Internet Explorer as opposed to uh, New Netscape, Newscape. Netscape sucks. And I think we owe just a little bit of apology to our friends at Bell South, even though we don't have any friends at Bell South, and they do suck because George says at home he uses Bell South because he has no other choice, and they suck their bad, bad yeah, Internet and service. And all over Hollywood. And all over Hollywood. It's everybody, All the ships at sea and everybody he knows. So let's not get too carried away. But after 40 minutes of real excruciating aggravation here this morning, I finally decided, well, let's, let's Schmidt can Netscape and try the old Internet Explorer. And there it is. Everything's working just fine. It's just, uh... Oh, we're fine. Right. 814 votes, like I said. 317 for Moe, oldest talk host in town. Mike Rennery, 187. Neil Rogers, 133. And the Humper, 65, which is interesting because I told him... Don't you remember the day that I we uh, somebody faxed me that thing from the ESPN website? And the Humper don't care. He's lost 25 pounds, by the way. Did you know that? Yes. Well, I didn't know the exact number, but... Because I, I saw him for a first weight. time in months yesterday at uh, 1 o'clock. He's been slimming. And I said, you've uh, lost an ounce or two. And he said, 25 pounds. So we're all losing it here, baby. We're trying to buck the trend. <laughs> oh, and guess what's going to be on Channel 4 next week? They're doing these series on... And Wait. they don't say anything. That's what... All these puff pieces they do, you know. On the diets? On diets. The well, diet off. This week they were doing the Atkins thing. And they right. talked about, well, it's more expensive. Than... I mean, it's not a question of more expensive. It's a question of what's healthier for you. And are you going to lose the weight? And are you going to have to all those medical bills as far as expense is concerned? Which evidently that don't concern Al. I'm as uh, fat as Neil Sunshine. Who the hell is he going to be talking about diets? Somebody slim like me, I can be talking about diets. Anyway, next week they're doing Balance for Life. Excellent. Isn't that exciting? So our buddy Troy. Hey, Troy! Put you on the map, sweetheart. You're becoming a giant success. Uh, Hank had 65 votes. Eddie K, 49. Didn't do too bad. Steve Kane, Mr. Ego, 33, which I'm sure he's older than I am. Norma Kent, 17, and Mad Dog still wound up with 13 votes, even after we told them that he's only 53. He and Norma, I would assume, would be the two youngest on that list. Wouldn't you think so? Certainly. And, uh, and see, even after you tell them that, they still uh, don't get it. But that's okay. We don't really give a crap about that. Just get on there and vote your brains out. Now, the reason I played that Les Bomb Pakistan thing this morning, did I mention that uh, Netscape sucks? Yes. And Greg sucks, too, by the way. In fact, that'll be our one of our pools next week. Who sucks most, Greg or Netscape? Because Greg just blows the big one. I mean, he's just uh, an embarrassment to me. He's uh, just uh, humiliating and disgraceful is what he is. You're a good buddy, by the way. Did you get your new contract? Is no, it no. Not in there waiting for your signature? No. I can't believe that. Early results from Thursday's election in Pakistan show strong gains for an alliance of hardline Islamic parties in areas near the border with Afghanistan, as well as a solid performance elsewhere by the religious coalition, the Taliban. Ah, how do you like them apples, huh? Pakistan's election committee has begun to release preliminary results from the vote, which reveal successes for a coalition of pro-Taliban religious parties across the provinces close to the Afghan border. The balloting is the country's first since President Pervert Musharraf seized power three years ago. Campaigning on a strong anti-American platform that called for an end to Pakistan's support for the U.S.-led war on terror in Afghanistan, the coalition of six hardline parties had a clear majority in Pakistan's northwest province legislature, the election commission said. The religious parties were also doing better than expected in the southern port city of Karachi and in the southern uh, part of Punjab province amid a strong undercurrent of resentment over the U.S. war in Afghanistan. Elsewhere, the race appeared close in line with pre-election polls. How do you like that? Sporadic violence during voting left seven people dead. <laughs> hey, 
hey, they're not barbarians. They're civilized, man, just like us. Sporadic violence during voting left seven people dead as the military government held the elections as a historic return to democracy. <laughs> right. All the Getchkis are out there saying, we hate the USA. They're burning uh, all of us in effigy and stuff like that. So let's hear it for our good friends, the Pakistanis. Yeah, George has got a little problem with that chair. The chair is for a person that's about two feet tall. And him, him being like four foot five, or is it the other way around? the chair because the expensive one broke. Again, now I don't know what would break a thick metal pin. Now, where like did that. we get this chair? Uh, Relax the back store, both of them. It's a very oh, yeah. nice chair, yeah, but, but that's, that's five years it. ago. Right, but somebody broke the steel pin. What kind of a person? Josh Friedman. Oh. Somebody like that. Somebody big and fat and disgusting who smells real bad. Somebody like Josh Friedman. How do you like, uh, speaking of people that don't weigh as much as they used to, how do you like Muff's nice office in there? Isn't that impressive? Duff is sitting in there where Sam used to be. Right, with a whole bunch of equipment behind him. And I noticed he had the exterminators the in there this morning, too. I don't know if there's any connection with that. But, man, I said, what are you doing? He said, get rid of La Cucaracha. I don't know if they had so many cockroaches in Venezuela. I bet they do. You know, up there in the mountains, can you imagine? Sure, those Woo! big forest cockroaches. That is a horrible place. That's my advice to you folks. Number one, don't get Netscape. And number two, do not go to Caracas. Oh, man. Woo! I get the willies just thinking about that. The... the Taxi trip from the airport into the downtown to the Sheraton uh, Caracas. You could buy a white jacket and a Panama hat right here in town. Oh, man. I am telling you, all these little tin huts. Venezuela isn't like a third world country. It's an 80th world country. It's the end of the world. But they got a lot of oil. Oh! We like the people that have oil, okay? If you don't have oil, <laughs> screw you. Now, Israel don't have any oil, but they, they do have a lot of Jews there, see, which is good now. That's why we like Israel, because it's become fashionable, because we're waiting for Armageddon. Isn't that what we're waiting for? Uh -huh. Yeah, to blow up the goddamn world. All our good Christian friends want to lead us by the hand, right? Uh, yeah. Make us an offer we can't refuse. Farbissin Goyim. Let's see, we got Jim Anditch at one today. Got Hank Goldberg at, uh, and Eddie Kay at Calder plunging their brains out this afternoon. All four hours. Dave wants that show, 530 to 630. Let's see. The Dolphins have to play a Sunday night in Denver. You think Moe's, Can you? You think his piece will be floating in that thin air up there in Denver? You think they're going to have to put like extra glue to keep it down? That's thick air that makes things float. Oh, I see. Well, then it ought to be like in the middle of his head by the end of the, by the third quarter. By the way, it's Olindo Mare. Okay, I checked with every sports expert in this building yesterday, including the Humper, who knows his crap. <laughs> believe me, Olindo Mare, not Mare. I just, I just mentioned that because I don't want this guy to make a fool out of himself. Now, what day did Muff say the ratings are coming out? The 21st, I believe he told me. Oh, he told you, not me. He told me in the hallway, and then he I was see. going to come in there and write it down. And then he came in, I got him sidetracked, telling him that Greg was an asshole. But at any rate, uh, it's, yeah, soon. Well, very soon. Not that far off. Something. So, I mean, Olindo Mare, that may be kind of embarrassing. And then winning the poll is the oldest old fart in talk radio. But uh, mispronouncing names of the Dolphins, we don't, we don't uh, cotton well to that down here. The Dolphin fans want you to pronounce their names right. How about those Panthers? Yeah. As predictable as the weather and the North Pole. I mean, there was no doubt they were going to blow the lead, and no doubt once the last the last couple minutes of overtime started, man, Tampa was all over them like a stink on Greg. I mean, it was unbelievable. Like stink on Scruan. Eleven after a nine at five sixty WQ. And by the way, P.D. Laney told me an interesting uh, story about Scruan and a skunk, which I'll tell you off the air. For years now, you've heard me talking about about diets. Well, you probably know the old joke. You know what it is? No. Anyway, we're talking about fat, just like that story yesterday on the front page of USA Today. People in this country are fat, baby, big, porky, fat bastards like me. And the Atkins diet works great for a lot of people. That's what Al Sunshine said. Look what it's done for him. I bet he don't weigh over 600 pounds. He's like a walking bowling ball. 
Well, that's why we want to turn you on to Delights of West Boca, because it's a great store, and it's dedicated to you and all your Atkins needs. Can you imagine a little low-carb, no-fat, delicious scoop of ice cream on a hot day like today? How about over a 1,000 low-carb or no-sugar products just ready for you to taste? What's that you're eating in there right now? Oh, it's Balance for Life. Shrimp cocktail. A shrimp cocktail. I got my uh, shrooms. I got my magic mushroom shipped in from Amsterdam this morning. Because at Delights of West Boca, you can always try before you buy. And at Delights, it's 25% off all Skatkins products all the time. From candy to cookies, snacks, breads, vitamins, Delights of West Boca's got it all. With more great stuff arriving every day, like the new controlled carb brownies. They just got in four delicious flavors, peanut, coconut, classic, and cherry. Speaking of peanut, isn't today weigh-in day for the beast? He loves his nuts. So he better show his uh, fat little tubby ass in here. He's probably waiting till the coast is clear, till Mo gets on a Hershey Highway to Boca. Anyway, Delights of West Boca on the northeast corner of Glades and 440 in Boca is your Atkins headquarters. Everything you need is one great store to help you lose weight. They're open till 10 every day, seven days a week. You can call them at 1-877-LOW-CARB or check them out on that wicked web at lowcarb.com. And don't forget, Netscape sucks. My, my, and local. This is Sports Radio 560. UAQAM. In the Banana Republic, baby. Only in Miami. Jesus Christ. With your funky yellow teeth so far apart. Condoleezza, Condoleezza, what you be doing? The old fascist black that token Schwarzer's dog Is you day cause you a high-toned boot-lip negro Hey, stop it! Is you the blackie and your mammy who be smart yeah. Does they like how you shine their shoes on the Lisa the way you wash and park the whitest cars. Georgie Jr. say he trusts you, Condoleezza. To sell our allies on the greedy oil walls. But then he make you clean all the White House bathrooms. Up the sink, the toilet, and then scrub the floor. They tell you don't wear sandals, Condoleezza. Your cold chip toenails make them want a wretched fuse. Your nappy leg hair looks just like it be Velcro. The GOP want you to be that token spoon. One day while you be flipping pancakes, you may realize that they treating you just like your esterone. That when your head will move from side to side, condoleezza. Until Bush and Rummy, they be cracker assholes. Yes. 918 at 560 WQM. Happy Friday to you. How about those maple leaves, huh? Oh! Six nothing in Pittsburgh last night. Eddie the Eagle, what I tell you, he's really, he did it. Shot out in the very first game. He silenced all the critics, including me. Played great. Sundin, Alexander McGillney, man, the team looked sensational last night. Nice going there, Pat Quinn. Of course, you're playing a girls team. Mario, you're, you're going to have a long year, baby. Going to be a rough one. But the Panthers, let's have some hockey talk. I saw Geldy in the hallway 
little while ago. Not too friendly, by the way. Like that. Kind of squealing a little bit. I said, I didn't hear too much hockey talk on the way to work. This nah, nah, we, we did that game. We, we. Yeah, sure you did. And by the way, that old chronic Joe, if I hear your voice on that morning show one more time, we're going to trace the call and we're going to send Luca Brazzi and Fat Rich to your house and Josh Friedman to sit on you. How do you like that? You silly old chronic goose you. Man, that guy just uh, gives me the creeps. You, you know the voice I'm talking about, don't you? No. Well, I would have. Oh, if you heard like two words, you know that was chronic old Joe. The fr- I think he was the first caller I heard when I came to this town. That's like a hundred years ago, and he's still on. But but he hasn't got a goddamn thing to say. Somebody faxes me this silently, and it. I I didn't get two words out before that drilling started again down there. They were waiting for you. They were just waiting for me to get started. This has got to be a Greg Reed plot, okay? George says that all the months that I've been gone. There hasn't been one peep, not one sound, not one not one noise in the building. It's been as quiet as can be. And now I come back about 20 after 8 this started, about almost exactly an hour ago, and the guy's down there drilling with a pneumatic drill. And Clarence, I thought, had this under control because Clarence, Clarence is okay in my book. He gave me 14 different paychecks yesterday, including some that weren't even mine. I like that a lot. But now we got this asshole down there. Now we got Muff and Clarence can team up on him, okay, give him the old one-two, give him the double uh, dip down there. Now he's ha- he's hammering and he's drilling. We got the combination. He's giving us the old one too. Knock off the noise, you asshole! We got a high-paid talk show going on up here in the studio. You idiot! You crazy bastard! You. Maybe it's because it's the, uh, the second floor there where the dental uh, people are. Maybe there's a lot of drilling going on for that reason. Of course, they're not really dentists; they're just dental paper paper pushers. I wonder if that guy recovered from the bomb <coughs> I dropped in the elevator that day. I don't think anybody ever saw him again. I think that was the end of him. I guess he's still in the same fog. Okay, well, let me try to get this in in between the bangs and knocks and hammering down there on the second floor. I, I miss this so much, you know. See, at least in Toronto when they, we had the fire alarms those couple of days. Oh, here we go. <laughs> I, you know what? I'm just going to sit here and shut up and let the drilling take over, you know, because it's starting again just off to my right, right under, the, right under my ass. Why couldn't they do this like... You know, when we have a ball game on, which is almost every goddamn day. What we got fun a late... would that have been? Huh? What fun would that have been? <laughs> yeah, we got a ball game late tonight. We got the uh, ma- the American League playoff. Twins at the uh, Angels, 10 o'clock tonight, right after Hurricane football preview. With the Oh, and you know who really is uh, very happy that Mo is here? Hank told me this yesterday. Joe Zagaki is ecstatic that Mo is here because I guess he figures now I'm uh, off of his ass. Although we we don't have any Joe Zagaki bits. We only had that uh, when we talked about yesterday. It's the talent. you know. Or it just mentions him. Yeah, it just mentions Joe Zagaki, which, you know, it's kind of funny. Even he, see, at least Joe, with Joe it's not personal. He's got a sense of humor. You'd never know it. But he's he's a good guy. He's just boring. Yes, he is a good guy. He is a very good guy. We like Joe. It's never been personal with Zagaki. I like him. Now, in Mo's case, well... Silently and in unison. Oh, and also, George, uh, you not only got shined yesterday in the hallway where you spoke, you said good morning to Mo, and he shined you and ignored you totally. But then this morning, you were in Mark Eisenberg, where Bonnie, Mark's uh, waiting for a little plane trip. He told me he's going up to see Ma. Stopped in to say hi, which is more than I can say for Mo. But at any rate, so you were bonding out there in the hallway. We with were discussing very important One of business. the dirty boys, Mark Eisenberg, and Mo came barreling in. And, and instead of like being a real mention, like walking around you, just barges in between you. Excuse me. Excuse me. And goes pushing away be through. And dive See, out of the way. He's an important guy. Don't you understand? understand? You I don't understand, understand how very important he is. I do understand. So when he comes walking down the hall, you better scatter, mister. You better make way. I, I did. I moved. I flattened up against the wall. Did you say to Mark, yo, 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 let's... 
Silently and in unison, six Cuban-American Miami-Dade County commissioners abandoned the commission chambers yesterday, effectively blocking a plan to bring to the November 5th election outside monitors who usually oversee polling in troubled countries. Remember that story I had about ten days ago? About they were going to bring in the banana boat people to try to control what's going on in the election in Dade? Those who want the monitors say their presence may be the only way to restore credibility of the county's election system following the disastrous September 10th primary, but opponents say it's embarrassing to Dade County. You'd think it was like a banana republic or something. You were thinking there's a bunch of grape pickers and the banana uh, uh, peelers in Dade County, which, of course, is what it is. People that just fell off the old turnip truck. The highly unusual simultaneous departure just before a public hearing on the issue left the commission without a quorum and forestalled any vote on whether to contract the Washington, D.C.-based Center for Democracy to oversee the November 5th vote. So when in doubt, let's try to keep them out because it's too embarrassing. I don't, I don't think anything could embarrass Dade County at this point. I think they've already reached the saturation point. It's only only icing on the cake beyond now. So what are you guys worried about? So I started to say before I interrupted myself and got all worked up about Joe Zagaki, uh, we got a little bit of a problem. We I finally uh, straightened out the problem here. we got Internet Explorer, which works just fine. The only problem is Eric's server up there in Orlando now just crapped out. So I can give you the, uh, the poll that's coming up on there, but there's no point in my giving it out until we uh, get the thing fixed. Well, you can give them lots of time to think about what they're going to do. Okay. Vote. Well, that, as a matter of fact, that's a good idea. Now, do you like the tone of the drill that's uh, starting up again right under my ass? Nice and bassy. What would have been perfect... You see, I, I really, yesterday. I think probably Greg is standing down there with the guy, you know, laughing his ass off. Yeah, we'll get his ass back to Toronto, get him out of my hair. It's fine with me, Greg. And by the way, speaking of hair, the only thing I saw in there was gnats yesterday. Maybe a couple of lice. Had a nice suit on, though, you notice? wonder if that's a trade-out. Brooks Brothers. Now it's now it's quiet. You notice that? And all of a sudden, they quieted down down there. Well, try to read something. I have no idea what I was... I wasn't going to read anything. I was going to do the pull. I was going to give the pull out. I don't want to sit here and do bedtime stories all day, especially with the drill. Maybe it's like an accompaniment, you know, to my reading these bedtime stories. Maybe it's an editorial comment, although I will say this. I heard it through the grapevine yesterday. I don't want to say who I heard it from, but that a certain upper-level management guy with a very bad haircut who lies a lot is very concerned about those morning numbers. I started to mention that earlier, those morning ratings. Very concerned about it. And that's that's why it's so especially important that those uh, when that book comes out, the summer book, doi, 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 doi. that... Uh, those numbers go up, and I'm not talking about morning 6 to 10. I'm talking about 6 to 9 that they go up. Dave Hyde, by the way, is on my list again, the same one he was on yesterday. I won't waste my time reading anything that you wrote, David, because it would be a total waste of time. I'd be in jail for something like that. Another joke column. Panthers eat their young, question mark. You know, is this what you're going to write every goddamn day? They're young, they're young, they're young, they're hung. They uh, blew the lead. They lost in overtime to a marginal team, et cetera, and so on. No, nobody wants to hear about that. A lot of empty seats there I noticed last night. Did I go to the game? No. Of course not. Are you kidding me? I had to watch the Leafs uh, pound the crap out of Pittsburgh. I saw plenty of the Panther game. And you could smell it coming. See, one thing about this outfit, I don't know what it is, but with about five minutes to go, I said to John, I said, you know, you can smell it coming. This franchise blows more leads late in the game than any team in the history of any sport. And sure enough, with two and a half minutes to go, bada-bing, Tampa ties it up and then win in overtime after just being all over the Panthers like stink on Scoran. You could just smell it coming. Just like Scoran. So anyway, this uh, skunk. Oh, I don't want to go. That's a that's an old joke about how they run. This couple runs over the animal on the road, and they take it into the car and they think it's a wounded cat. And after further examination, they see there's a white stripe down the middle of the animal. And the husband says to the wife, "Oh, it's not a cat. It's a skunk." And the animal was shaking, you know, and injured. And the woman says, "Well, what do I do?" He said, "Here, just put it between your legs and keep it warm." She says, "Yeah, but what about the smell?" He says, "He won't mind." 
and it made me think immediately of good old Screw Ann. Nice, nice job, Petey. Petey redeemed himself this morning. That is an old joke, but it fits so well with good old Roy. Screw Ann. Man, ooh, I'm losing my appetite for lunch. I brought in my shrooms from Balance for Life today, but I may not uh, dip into them because you know shrooms are a fungus. Can you imagine the amount of fungus that's growing? Well. 927 at 560 WQM. When you go down to Hallett Pontiac, not only get yourself a great deal, but also talk to Tom Lehman about this radio station. He will regale you with stories for hours. And he'll tell you about how much he misses the old worst team and about how he misses Defoe and Joe and this one and that one. Because he's, uh, he's very much into this radio station and so much into this show, that's why he's got the new Neil Rogers deal going on again at Hallett Pontiac GMC. Save extra big dollars right now on all Pontiacs and GMCs in stock. Just mention you heard about it right here on the world-famous Neil Rogers show, and he'll, like, acknowledge it, unlike some other people or pretend we don't exist. Stop by Hallett Pontiac GMC at 13401 South Dixie Highway, U.S. 1 across from the falls, where every single vehicle on the lot is marked with what is supposed to be the lowest price. But if you mention the Neil Rogers Show, you'll find out it's not the lowest price because you'll save even more. Check out the complete line of GMC SUVs, including that spiffy Envoy, voted by Motor Trend as SUV of the year, and the all-new Vibe SUV. Like I always tell you, the Vibe is no Corvette, but it's got the power of some other kind of a sports car at a fraction of the price. Also, a super selection of dependable pre-owned cars, trucks, and SUVs. You notice they say pre-owned, not like used. You notice they always say that, all of you? Right. Pre-owned. That sounds so much better than nice saying used, used, you know? Used That's how we feel here on this station, like used. And if anybody else ever turned you down for credit, if you're a deadbeat, if you once worked at this radio station, if you worked at Power 96, if you worked for Cox Broadcasting, like what's his name? They used to uh, steal uh, stuff out of the building. What was it? Don't say his name. If you've been turned down for credit, have no fear because Tom Lehman is here and he'll cut you a deal at Hallett Pontiac. GMC. 13401 South Dixie Highway, U.S. 1 across from the falls. Open every day of your life, seven days a week. For more info, call 305-238-4040. 305-238-4040 for Hallett Pontiac GMC, who are professional grades. Live and local, this, this is 560. The radio is all yours now. QAM. There's a butt. I smell it. Hey, WIOD listeners, before you click that switch in the morning, make sure you fill your bowl with oh, Romero's. Oh, did I play this? Romero's yes. meets... Well, I was a little bit distracted well, because of anything. the uh, drilling going on down there, but Muff just came in and said, we're working on it. I don't want you to think we're not doing anything about it. And now it just got a hundred times louder. I'm just going to sit back and let the audience enjoy the old drill. That's got QAM. That's our new slogan, by the way, a drill a minute. So anyway, this couple finds a... Uh, Farm animal on the road. Okay, 9.32. Let me, let me just try to give the pull out before he starts in hocking again on the floor. This place is amazing. In, in fact, it's an omen. Just before I came back, you had that little elevator episode, and Fat Boy was stranded down there we- doing wheelies or cartwheels in his chair downstairs on the first floor. Oh, there we go. Let me know when you're done down there, asshole, okay? And you know something? This is perfect for the pool, which I'm going to give you in a second, as soon as this drilling asshole down there in the second floor cuts the crap. So, well, no, what I'm going to do is like one word at a time now, because I don't want to get caught like in mid-sentence. So listen very carefully. In fact, maybe you want to tape this today. No, that's right. You can't tape it. Well, pretend you're taping it, just like pretend that I'm here. It's been nice being back here in town, but I think uh, this is not going to work, you know. I miss my nice little studio in Toronto. Doing the show in your shorts? Yeah, that's right. 
Anyway, here's the poll, and we're going to get it up there as soon as Eric gets his server back. See, computers are wonderful when they work. Make no mistake about it. They're a wonderful thing when they work. When they don't. Excellent. Good job. Whatever you're doing down there, you're doing it. Here's the poll for today. <laughs> like I said, take your time to go to neilrogers.com because Eric's server is down. Whatever happened to the cozy? I guess we never had one on this mic, huh? No, we didn't. Oh. Whoa. I just don't want to catch any germs from whoever might have been sitting in here. Anyway, the tone of Neil's show, and we got five choices. Because remember that call? Of course, you remember it was one of the most famous calls in the history. It was like the first couple of days I was doing a show from Toronto. And a guy calls up and says, oh, the tone of the show is terrible. The tone of the... And I, like, what is that? What does that mean? Like the treble. Bass the and treble. tone of the show. And, of course, most of you should have your own tone control, so control it, you know. Twist it, turn it, yank it a little bit, see what happens to it. The tone of Neil's show is best from Toronto, is best from Amsterdam, is best from Miami, makes no difference where he is, or the tone sucks, we want the callers back. Those are your five choices today. And I think it's perfect timing, too, because we got that asshole drilling down on the second floor, drilling up a storm. In fact, he, he, that thing may actually come up through the floor any minute if he starts in again. I, th I think the next time will be the magic one. I think I'm going to keep my feet up off the floor. <laughs> no, he's a lot closer to me than he is to you. He's right, like, uh, under the microwave, I think. So if you want to stick your head right up uh, just, just above the floor level, we can put the microwave down on the floor and maybe stick your head in it, you moron, you idiot, you asshole, you. So that's going to be the poll, and we'll repeat it again once we get it up there. But there's not much point harping on it now because uh, Eric's server is down. Just when we thought we had this whole computer thing licked, getting off that Netscape that really blows. Tell Spiro Canton, by the way, he's not off the hook at Bell South that they still suck because you have personal problems, you have issues. Amen. So Spiro, remember what happened to the last guy named Spiro? Remember him? <laughs> oh, yeah, Spiro Anus. <clears throat> Boy, I tell you, that stogie I'm smoking is pretty stale. Drugs are, and I'm not really smoking in here. We don't want those insurance rates to go up. Greg will, Greg will get in the snit again. He'll get his teats in a uh, ringer. He's probably still trying to pacify Skruan back there. You know what it takes to pacify her. Roy! Drugs are calls Arowana, Arowana. You know something? If that ever passed there, they should uh, change the name of the state. Arowana. That a great name instead of Arizona? Arizona. Drugs are calls Arizona marijuana initiative stupid and insulting and criticizes Nevada measure. Well, the drugs are. What do you expect? The federal drugs are denounced a measure on Arizona's November ballot that would decriminalize possession of small amounts of the wicked weed. Of course, we know about the drugs are. He's an asshole. Calling it stupid and insulting con. John P. Walters made the statement Wednesday at a town hall meeting and on yesterday visited a center for teen drug addicts in Nevada to criticize a similar measure there. We know that marijuana is the single largest source of dependency, Walters, head of the Office of National Drug Center Control Policy, told a group of about 150 senior citizens and children Wednesday. Huh? We know that. I don't think I heard that right. We know that marijuana is the single largest source of dependency, 
Walters, head of the Office of National Drug Control Policy, told a group of about 150 senior citizens and children Wednesday, we know that it's responsible for 20% of accidents on the road today. Where did he get that? He just he made it, it up out of his ass. How many billions of dollars in liability is Arizona opening itself up to down the line, he asked. Well, if that's the case, how many far, far more billions of liability because of people uh, drunken driving, right? There's no contest. Not to mention those old folks on their happy So pills. I guess we're going to have to make booze. We're going to have to go back to prohibition again, too, if that's what it's all about. <laughs> that's what he said, the good old uh, minister of uh, He's an asshole. morality. If passed, Arizona's Prop 203 would decriminalize the possession of up to two ounces of marijuana for personal use. It would also require the Department of Public Safety to provide free marijuana to people with a written recommendation from a physician. In Nevada yesterday, Walter said, no community is better off with more drugs. He said Nevada's Question 9 could make the state a center for drug tourism. And, of course, the Nevada Tourist Council is probably saying, All right. Billy Rogers, head of Nevadans for Responsible Law Enforcement, the main group supporting the measure, said there's no evidence the initiative's passage would create more drug addicts. He pointed out that the drug czar's own website shows the majority of drug addicts in Nevada were treated last year for an amphetamine addiction. I think it's about time the drug czar was held accountable to the outright falsehoods he's been putting out there, Rogers said. In addition, he said, He's an asshole. Phoenix resident Carolyn Barker, 60, attended Wednesday's meeting because she was angered at the comments that Walters made on uh, the radio earlier in the day. I had a friend with cancer, and it helped him a lot. It helped him eat, Barker said. He got marijuana illegally, and he could have gotten caught. Walters, who coordinates federal drug programs and spending, said no scientific data proves marijuana is effective as medicine, etc. and so on. How do you like that? So the federal government continues justifying this so-called war on drugs. WAD is what it's called. Isn't that what it is? WAD? Well, look at this. Well, see, i got screw-in in my mind. Now. And that skunk. That skunk. It won't mind. Look at all the stuff that's coming off of this fax machine, man. It's just pouring in here, and actually some of the pages have something on it. The fax machine, which always worked perfectly before, that's screwed up, too. For every page that comes over with something written on it, there's like about three blank pages coming up through there. It's just amazing. goes to show you that my not being here, how everything just fell apart at the seams. That must have been the reason. Yep. My not being here to maintain my own stuff that I paid for and bought with my hard-earned bucks. By the way, is your new contract, did Duff bring your new deal in there for you to sign yet? No. Well, why the hell not? Come on, Muff, let's go already, okay? You got a nice biffy office in there. Now let's do it. Get off the pod. Although I noticed the drilling stuff finally. You notice that? I kind of miss it. I think it was a good idea, my sitting back and just uh, cranking up the mic all the way so they could hear the uh, sound effects, so they could understand that I wasn't exaggerating. Not just looking to try to stir the pot here a little bit. Can't smoke any pot here, but can't smoke a nice uh, Perdomo, uh, whatever this one is, a stale one. I think that's a squared right there, isn't it? Is this a Perdomo flat? squared? Yeah. I sure miss those great cigars we used to get from Nick's, I mean, from Mike's. We're Sports Radio 560. QAM. Please, nothing works here. The medications don't work. I've been here for seven years. Nothing works here. I hate this place. Nothing works here. The medications don't work. I've been here for seven years. I hate this place. Nothing works here. Jesus Christ. Oh, there's so many ways to pick your nose. There's so many ways to pluck. A big, fat, juicy nugget that's made from a bunch of really gross yuck. It's mucus, it's dirt, it's particles. Just a quagmire, vicky, gooey stuff that sticks to the hairs in your nose. Now the problem, it seems, is an ancient one, a puzzle that all can complete. Just insert a digit of your choice, and what you pull out will shock and amaze. But it's something that children will eat. 
So dig into your nostril a pick at this and pull out a big tasty plum. Like old Jack who sat in the corner scooping his out with his thumb. And don't feel bad if people stare. They're just jealous of the one you just picked. Because they do it too if they couldn't, they will. When the harvest is ripe for the pick. It's mucus, it's dirt, it's particles. Just a quagmire, Mickey, gooey stuff that sticks to the hairs in your nose. 944 at 560. Mitch Lewis, our good old buddy, our paisan. Remember Mitch Lewis? Rectum. That was one of his gems. And then, of course, Oy. Mitch Lewis sent us his CD that's got a lot of good stuff on there, which I just played one. So the poll should be up in about 10 minutes, says Eric, whose server is uh, on the mend. we got a server coming back. Just one of those things, man. Computer problems. Computer problems here, computer problems up there, which, quite frankly, he seems to have more problems than we do, you know? Yeah, good thing we're not all dependent on them, computers. Yeah, right. All of this uh, priest stuff that's coming over the uh, uh, thing here, the fax machine. Man, oh, man. It, what? No, I love it, the priest stuff. What do you mean you love it? How much priest crap can we get in here in a four-hour show? Four hours, hopefully. Uh. Third Louisville priest indicted after, and you know something? I looked at the uh, stats on here from this morning. It's like, we're, are, are we on the air? I'll tell you, the lead-in we're getting from his show is uh, you couldn't measure it in millimeters. There's nothing going on between six and nine. I mean, it's like uh, we're not even in the, uh, we don't exist. We're not on a map anymore. We're not on a radar screen. If you were to look at those stats, I've never seen a number like that. Well, maybe it's not accurate. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I don't know. I have no idea. I mean, we had 825 votes on a poll yesterday. That's pretty healthy, considering, you know, I had to follow you being on a Wednesday. I mean, no, seriously, that's that's not a bad number. Would you have about 30? 29. Oh. Anyway, the Reverend James Hargaden. Now, it's interesting. If you took the uh, G.A. out of his name, you know what his name would be? The Reverend James Hargadon was indicted on a single charge of sex abuse yesterday, becoming the third Louisville Roman Catholic priest since June to face criminal action involving alleged abuse of children. Hargadon, 74, retired priest, was charged with sodomizing Todd D. Robertson, 39, in 1976. Owen Robertson was 14. The indictment provides no further detail. And this goes on. Just uh, too much of that stuff, which you enjoy hearing it because you're a pervert, you know. The Manchester Diocese said it would pay, this is Manchester, New Hampshire, it would pay 950000 bucks to settle lawsuits brought by 16 men who said they were molested by priests as far back as 1957. Eight former priests were accused of molesting boys. The diocese said four have died, two are alive but no longer act as priests, and two left the ministry in the 60s. The most recent accusation was from 1982. Let me get back to some more important crap here, okay? as opposed to just child-molesting priests. They're a dime a dozen, baby, except for the church. It's a little more expensive than that. Ashcroft's cover-up shows he isn't staying abreast of the times. This is one that Eric faxed to us. Nice going, Eric. Is the Bush administration already gearing up for its next conflict, the war on nakedness? Now, wait a minute. This is old stuff. Oh, this is old. about, uh, I'm looking at the date on this, February 10th. This is about him covering up that statue. It's old. What, what is this man talking about? Hey, Eric, I hate to bring, I know the news travels slow up there in Orlando, but President uh, Lincoln's got a big hole in his head. Although he enjoyed the play a lot, but he's got a big hole in his head, Eric. And that skunk that uh, fell into Scruan's lap, she says, uh, have no fear, she don't mind the smell. Senate approves Iraq war resolution. You know something, I don't uh, like being here at all. I mean, it's, it's not just uh, in general principle, but there's something about doing this show here. Everything is out of sync, like everything is falling apart at the seams. Makes me wonder how the hell I did a show in this goddamn place for uh, over four years. How, how the hell did I do it? With great difficulty, I guess. Because just like a Bellevue uh, Brian or whatever his name is there, nothing works here. And you got to hate it. you got to despise it. 
But I see it's going to be nice and cool this weekend, 89, 90. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Record and there's lows. that little twerpy Brian Norcross on there. It's another reason I'm sorry I came back here. Have to see that little fruit fly on there. Flitting around by the goddamn weather map. Tried to drum up some crap on the weather map. Man, sure miss him. I mean, who'd you rather see, Dave Duvall on CFTO in Toronto or little Brian Norcross? Hey, man, man. Huh? Who'd you rather see? Senate approves Iraq war resolution. In a major victory for the White House, the Senate voted uh, 77 to 23 early this morning, joining the House to authorize President Bush to commit U.S. troops to enforce U.N. Security Council resolutions requiring that Iraq give up weapons of mass destruction, or else. Hours earlier, the House approved an identical resolution, 296 to 133. There was no immediate White House response following the Senate vote, but Bush used the passage of the resolution in the House to send a stern warning to Baghdad. The House of Representatives has spoken clearly to the world and the U.N. Security Council. The gathering threat of Iraq must be confronted finally and fully. He said, he is so full of crap, man, the gathering threat. This dog and pony show they're putting on, the fact that anybody's buying it is just uh, pathetic. And poor Bobby Graham, he's like one of the lone voices there running around screaming. Oh, they're starting to get downstairs. Hammer and uh, tongs, they're at it again. Today's vote also sends a clear message to the Iraqi regime. It must disarm and comply with all existing U.N. resolutions or it will be forced to comply. I think the best example you used uh, several weeks ago about stirring the hornet's nest, you know, like, like poking, whacking, it whacking and poking in stick. it. Yeah, with a stick. They may have been sitting up there for like 20 years and minding their own business and doing their own little thing inside there, flitting around a little bit and not bothering anybody. But then you go up to that hornet's nest that's way outside on the patio, like a million miles from anybody, and you take a long stick and you start whacking it and stirring it up, and all of a sudden you got problems, baby. Maybe they were bothering some other hornets. Exactly. Is all. But then all of a sudden, bada-bing, and you got a real problem when you start stirring the pot. The resolution requires Bush to declare Congress, uh, to declare due Congress either before or within 48 hours after beginning military action that diplomatic efforts to enforce those resolutions have failed. Well, I'm not going to waste my time with that either. In fact, you know something? I might tear all of this stuff up. Because I'm so disgusted with the way this uh, thing is going here, man. It's like we're falling off the end of a cliff. But the good news is, let's hear it. Let's have some good news for a change. Beside the Leafs winning 6 nothing in Pittsburgh last night. Which was not just good news, it was great news. Tell you one thing, that Matt Sundin and Alexander McGillney and Darcy Tucker looking pretty good. Great line there, Pat. Nice going, eh? Let's see. What do we like? I'll tell you where I think it's the best. I just voted. And it's not in Miami either. <laughs> the poll is up on neilrogers.com. Let's hear it. Oh! Let's get on that Internet now. And let's be sure and have everybody buy the uh, thing, Boca Brian CD, which is off to a pretty good start for a bunch of cheap bastards out there. See, if we had people out there that really knew where, and, of course, you know, we'll sell. For every 30 that we sell, there will be like 500 out there bootleg copies, you know, because I'm sure it's already on uh, some of those stuff like he, that. He should be honored. I beg your pardon? Boca Brian, he should be honored. Yeah, Boca Brian should be honored because I'll tell you one thing. If I was going to steal a CD, that would certainly be one of the first ones I think about doing is uh, whatever that is. Where the hell is it? He's going to be big all across the, the Restitution world. Restitution and Mo Bits Volume 1. And, of course, the Mo Bits, man, are, they have taken off. They're number one with 15 bullets. There is nothing like the Mo Bits. Everybody in this building except, of course, for Mo and Geldy, who's terrified that he's going to be the next beast. And speaking of the beast, it's almost 10 o'clock. Where is that little tub of crap? Did he come in to get his sack? I think they've got it to go into his house now. I see. Because I don't see it in the morning. Well, I'll tell you one thing. He better in here, be in here to do his way in before noon. And, of course, wouldn't you think, if you say if you're smart, which leaves him out, but if you were smart, you would do your way and you'd come in early, as early morning, as possible, when you're before you ate. Right. It's like when I get before on the scale breathe. in the morning stark naked after I've taken a good, you know, good Greg Reed. A nice purge. That's right. 
peed every drop out of my bladder, and then, then I get on the scale very lightly, you know, and <laughs> kind of stand back to get that pressure off of that scale, and that's the way to do it. So as opposed to, like, eating a couple of meals before you come in and then stopping off at the pizza loft on the way in, uh, I would get in here right now, Beast, and hop on that scale, and then we'll put you on the air for a couple of hours, and you tell us the real story, how you got blown off of that morning show and the wise and the wherefores. And the guy's starting to hammer again, Muff. He's banging on it downstairs. Jesus Christ. Yeah. What are we going to do about this? So the poll is up, I don't, but I don't think they can vote on it yet because my vote is the only one on there so far. Let me just take a peek on here. Eric, I tell you, we're, we're operating real. Oh, there's 16 votes on there. The tone of Neil's show. This is a very important poll to us. The tone of the show. This might determine where I do the show for the next four and a half years. It makes no difference. Four years in three months. Two and a half. It makes no difference where he is eight. The tone sucks. We want the callers back four. Uh, from Toronto, best two. From Miami, two. And from Amsterdam, none. Well, we only did so few shows from Amsterdam. How, how, how would they know, you know? How many? Three? Four? A little more than that. I think about five. <laughs> no, about five or six. Or five or four. <laughs> A couple. Paul Krugman writes in today's New York Times, and this business about we want the callers back. Good luck to you, okay? I put that on there to just keep you people busy. And, and what was wrong? We took calls yesterday, didn't we? Sure. One and a half. Calls. No, one and a half. That's calls. First one was a half a call because he wasn't there. He disappeared. We heard somebody in the background, and as soon as I punched it up, he disappeared. And then we had the chronic guy. In fact, I guarantee you the chronic guy, if I would take a couple of calls right now, he'd be the first one on there, don't you think? Come on, Mr. Chronic, you can do it. You're no Joe. You know old Joe from the sports show. You know Steve. Oh, by the way, speaking of Steve, stuttering Steve, uh, the other Steve, who's also close to being a stuttering Steve, the bug man. No ants in the house, Steve. Oh. Nice going, baby. What a great job he did. They were an aberration in South Florida, that company. What is the name of that company again? ATM? Alternative Termite Management. I Alternative Termite Management. Where is it? In the middle, uh, right under the screen. Oh, there it is. Stephen Page. Is that his name or is that his page? <laughs> <laughs> huh? That's his name. Well, I'm not giving his number on here, but anyway, you can well, you uh, look him up. Alternative term, uh, ter Termite Management. And they do ants and termites and uncles and stuff like that. And, man, I tell you, I've had an ant problem in a house of mine for since the day I moved in there. You know, those little tiny pieces of crap? And he came in there and bada beep, bada beep. Now, don't let him get started talking too much because he is annoying. And he's very strange, but boy, he does a great job. Well, you know, nobody's perfect. Wouldn't you rather have a guy who's a little bit strange and does a great job for you than somebody who seems like a really were, right? upright <laughs> fellow and all of that who does a crappy job, you know? No, I don't 42 think, I don't votes. It makes no difference where he is, 20. We're here whether he likes it or not. The tone sucks. We want the callers back, 12. I don't see any calls on the board, WQAM. Hello, Neil. <laughs> <laughs> all right. You made my day, pal. And thanks for the happy birthday. Yesterday. Okay, and uh, what was that, you? That was me. Well, congratulations, sir. Thank you, sir. We're getting older. Love you. How old do you think Mo is, by the way? Uh, 142. Close. Thank you. Bye. See, I tell what I tell you. There. See, you want the calls back. That's the only caller we got. That's, That's all it. You need. That's all we needed was him. Five six seven oh five sixty pound five sixty on the AT and T line. This could be the day we just go back to taking phone calls. Who needs this computer crap, huh? Maybe I'll just do that when I'm doing a real show, like from out of town, because I don't feel like I'm doing a real show here, because this ain't a real place. Oh, and look at this. They're, the call are pouring in one at a time. WQAM. George? Yes? It's the Kishka lady. Hi. Hi. How are you? Okay. Can I say hi to Uncle Neil? Hi. Here's the Kishka lady. Hello. Hi, Neil. How, how are, are you? you? Okay. How are you doing? It's been a long time. Thank God. Fine. Yeah. Everything with you? Everything's great. Good New Year? 
I thought New Year's in January. Oh, not for us. Yeah. I just read a very interesting article. Quit killing those Palestinians. What is it? (laughs) Just read a very interesting article that the um, powers that be in Holland have banned the the slaughter of animals in a kosher fashion because they say that it's cruelty to animals, to the cows. Uh Uh-huh. I just thought if you had heard anything about that. No. uh, No, I just know that they're very anti-semantic. They are, huh? Mm Mm-hmm. That's why their that's why their language sounds almost like German. They're not too crazy about Jews over there. Just ask my landlord; he'll tell you. <laughs> Just mention Kishka to him, and all of a sudden he'll go on a three-hour tirade about the Jews and how they whine a lot. You know. Really. Yes, I'm ma'am. Surprised to hear that. Surprised to hear that. But I'm glad that you're back. I beg your pardon. Car wash. Oh, car wash. No thanks. Okay. Have a great day. Nice hearing from you. You too. Bye bye. No car wash. No. My, how dirty could my car be? It's been in the garage for months. Could be a little dusty. It's not dusty. It's not dirty. It's beautiful. It's pristine. Although I hope Mo didn't uh, do a little pee on on the wheel on the way out. He probably took a leak on it. Maybe he's, he's, he's going to key it one of these days. Okay, let's take a lot of calls today. Okay, I'm I'm going to put all this stuff aside. Save it for Monday. What are you laughing about? Hey, I don't care. I don't give a crap. We'll do screenless all day. I'm just in the mood for that. After having all that drilling going on over here and all the problems we have on the computer, plus we got 18, we got 31 percent. Say the tone of the show sucks. They want the callers back. God damn it! What's wrong with you? you got to go with the flow, mister. See, that's your problem. You just don't understand. Then you go on there Wednesday. Oh, well, if I could only read, and I would do the same thing. The callers are great. I've been trying to tell you that for a 100 years. They suck. The callers are great. I'll never listen. Don't you believe me? No. You better start listening to me, mister, and then maybe you'll get your new contract. But because Greg is so full of crap, I doubt it. You're not fooling anybody, Greg, okay? You're not fooling George. You're not fooling Norma. You're not fooling me. You're not fooling Muff. You're not fooling Clarence. You're not fooling the audience. You're not fooling anybody. You're just playing the old hide-and-seek game, okay? Peekaboo, hide-and-seek, like a little child, like a little spoiled child who's busy playing his life through everybody else's money. Give George the freaking contract, okay? Remember in the network? She shot her that shot in the air. Give him the effing, uh, whatever that clause was, you know, in the contract. Remember that? Yep. You commie bastard. That, that was great. That whole Everything in that movie was great. 958 at 560. We already got the uh, chronic uh, birthday guy and the Kishka lady. What more could you want? 57 votes on there and say, we want the calls back, goddammit. You know what I had last night I haven't had for months? A good night's sleep. Now, why does he put that in there? I've been sleeping like a baby for months. You know, fat boy, you're so full of crap. In fact, you know, if they would just put like a tube on him, find out he's like 400 pounds, 350 of it is crap. Anyway, I'm sleeping on the uh, great mattress I got from Dial a Mattress. Miguel got one as well. Is this the one that's got Miguel in here all the way through? Oh, yeah. Miguel did this and Miguel did that. Actually, the bottom line is Miguel and his girlfriend, his live-in girlfriend, were screwing their brains out so much, and they had all kinds of couples in there and, like, just obscene things on that mattress and wore the old one out, and the mattress, too. And that's why uh, Miguel has to have a tie on. He's got a spear. That's, I saw him today. He wasn't that, wearing a tie. That's why. No, that's why. He, yeah. No, that tie was the one with the uh, three stooges that the uh, limo guy had the other day. In honor of uh, Mo. At any rate, he had to get himself a new mattress. So he called the folks at Dollar Mattress, and they got the best mattresses in the world. Sealy, Serta, Simmons, and King Coil, every size, every comfort level. And Miguel had a big smile on his post yesterday because he said they were there on time within the two-hour window he wanted. They set it up, and he's sleeping like a baby and doing all kinds. Even He's starting all over again, picking up where, where they started off, trying to wear this mattress out. So when in doubt, do the same thing. Don't waste your time running around town getting ripped off in those bedding and department stores. Do the smart thing like lovely Miguel. Pick up the phone and call Dial-A-Mattress. You pick the two-hour window in the day for delivery seven days a week, and you get an unbeatable price and that 30-day in-home comfort guarantee to try it out the real way. 1-800-MATTRESS. 
for Dilemattress. 1-800-M-A-T-T-R-E-S. Brand name beds for busy people. Live and local. This is Sports Radio 560. QAM. The vocabulary of the average American stops growing by age 18. And a lot sooner if you live in the Ozarks. To make a positive impression and to get ahead, you need an advantage. You need Hillbilly Verbal Advantage. With Hillbilly Verbal Advantage, you'll learn key power words that will make you seem smarter than you really are. Words like gruesome. Woo-wee, have you seen Billy Bob's boy, young Billy Bob? I hardly recognized him. He sure has gruesome. Raffle. You best get out of here or I'll let this raffle do the talking for me. Spearmint. I heard that old Doc Frankenstein was doing all sorts of weird spearmints in his basement. Give your vocabulary the boost it needs with Hillbilly Verbal Advantage. Call today. 10 at 5.60. Boy, that was pretty weak. That's old. 10 at 5.60, WQM on a Friday. This, Like I said, this is the turning point. This is the beginning of the end. I, have the, I can feel it. I can smell it. By the way, Rob in Miami Lakes, I do love that story, and I already got it. But thanks very much anyway. I have a much better copy that you can actually read. <laughs> Thanks, Rob. We'll get to it eventually about the Montana Republican candidate who's quitting because he claims the Democratic ads are trying to like make make him seem like he's uh, something that he claims that he's not. Did you see that story? No. Like gay. Uh-oh. Faced with drug charge, Dawson to turn herself in. Let's hear it for uh, State Senator Mandy Dawson, Democrat. She's expected to turn herself into Broward law enforcement officials sometime today. Ben, it's hotter than hell in here, you know it? Jesus Christ. Oh, my God. 74. See, you know, one great thing about having a studio in your apartment is that you're the only one who uh, (laughs) adjusts the thermostat. You're the only one who messes with a computer, with the equipment, who listens to some of the CDs. Nobody touches anything. Anything. As opposed to in here, and that again is because we've got a lot of people who lie here. Oh, we're going to put a lock on it. Well, they got a lock on the door, but everybody's got a key, so what difference does it make? It would be it would be like if you left 85 copies of your house key out on the front, you know, like on a hook. Yeah, we got a key and we got a good security system, but just in case you want to get in, here's uh, several spares. And that's the way it is around here. So people come in here and they dick with this and they dick with that. State Senator Mandy Dawson is expected to turn herself into Brown. I already read that. Earlier this month, the Fort Lauderdale Democrat allegedly challenged or changed a 60-pill prescription for a painkiller to one for 160 pills at a Tallahassee Pubic's pharmacy and allegedly altered the prescription date. Uh-oh. Not good, Mandy. It's a misunderstanding between the pharmacist, the doctor, and Mandy, said Henry C. Hunter of Tallahassee. One of Dawson's attorneys, Dawson committed no crime and will be cleared, he be saying. Dawson answered the door to her daughter's Coconut Creek home yesterday afternoon. She declined comments, says the Herald, saying her attorneys advised her not to be speaking. The 10-year-old, uh, ten, the 10-year Tallahassee veteran running for re-election is charged with obtaining and attempting to obtain controlled substances by fraud. Sounds familiar. A jury on Wednesday signed a warrant for her arrest. If Dawson, 46, of Coconut Creek is convicted of the third-degree felony, she'd have to forfeit her office under Florida law. She'll also face up to five years in prison. She's been using the drug Lorset 10 for several years in connection with back pain. Dawson had previously apologized for chronic tardiness and missed votes starting in the 2000 session, saying she was slowed by painkillers prescribed for severe headaches. She continued to miss votes before she underwent surgery in March for degenerative spinal discs. There's not any intent for fraud, Hunter said. The drug, he said, mostly consists of ingredients found in Tylenol. Well, you know something? I think that instead of, like, writing a, a phony prescription or, like, changing it or altering it or whatever, uh, how about some extra strength Tylenol? Sounds good to me. You can buy that right over the counter. 
Sure. That sound re reasonable? Tablets or capsules. Sounds reasonable to me, so good luck to you, Mandy. You'll need it. I just mentioned that because I want to make point out that just because Noel Bush is, uh, see, Noel's got a little tougher problems, I think. Don't you? No, she can afford them. Oh. 92 votes on the pool. The tone, see, the tone, I don't know. The word tone should be like in, not just in well, quotes. See, the quotes is like Governor Bush would we'll, do. We'll know. bolden it up a little. Bolden it up. Butch it up a little there, Eric, will you please? Jesus, I spent yesterday the whole goddamn show bitching out poor Bell South and Spiro Canton's probably ready to jump off a tall building, and George still don't want to ease off on them because he said they really do suck. Three days now. What, at home? Your yeah. computer's all screwed and, up? And everybody else I know. Well, anyways, but, but I find a problem in here is not so much them as Netscape, which blows. I mean, forget about Netscape. It's like a dinosaur. Hop on that Internet Explorer, and you're all over the place in no time at all. It works like a charm. And then, of course, Eric's, Eric's servers goes down. Computers are like the bone of our existence. 92 votes. The Tone Neal Show makes no difference where he is, 43. The Tone sucks. We want the callers back, 32. 35%. Best from Toronto, 9. Best from Miami, 6. And best from Amsterdam, 1. And we're giving them the callers back today. Lots and lots of callers today. You just watch. At least five. QAM. Good morning. Yes, sir. Neil? Yes, I am. God. Let me ask you a question, Neil. When did George become a smug little spick? I used to like talking to that guy. Yeah. You better get with it, Mumbles. <laughs> I'm telling you, I called the guy a couple of times over the summer, and he was uh, he was harsh, abrasive, almost caustic. Good. Yeah, that's delightful. the way. That's the way we like it. Well, that's why you listen to the show. We don't want Pablum on here. Absolutely correct. If you sir. want Pablum, you can listen in the morning. Hey, guess who this is? I don't know. The Abulian guy. And have a great day. And you too. That sounded like the Abulian guy, and you know what? It was the Abulian guy. And I can't. Now you know something. I can't get rid of the call. What? What just happened here? Oh, you locked it. Hit it again. I locked what? Hit the line again, and then hit drop. Oh, brother. When you hit it twice. Does it anything in here work? Besides us, does anything in this place work? I think Bellevue Bryan had a point. Of course, he does have a little problem, Bellevue Bryan. Gay. WQAM. Neil, please. Speaking. Neil. Yes. You ought to do something about George. He dished uh, Smallville. Hey, listen, he put he gave me my background. He took that naked chicky head on my computer screen this morning, and he got rid of it because I was really pissed off about that. He put Tom Welling on there, stark naked. Had Carlos doing it. Well, that, okay, search. that's a bonus then. But we'll let him slide. It looked like a bone. <laughs> Bye. Thanks. You probably missed that episode. It was so weak. And Which preachy. episode? The, the last one that was on, the Tuesday night. Just a preachy, sappy, all about friendship and trust, and I thought I was going to puke. I didn't no miss flush. that. Why would I have missed that? Oh, I hated it. The one with the Schwarzer, his yeah, friend? Yeah, yeah. It was, it was good. And the last, and the last four or five minutes there, there's always kind of like a, a, a tear comes to your eye. Yeah. You get a little bit moist by the end of the show, and your eye too. I, I don't know how you could say that, man. It was a good episode. There's nothing wrong with Not that like show. Not like the previous one with the flesh and the sweat and the moisture. I, I like that scene they keep showing with the flesh and the sweat where, what's his name, the uh, kid, the blonde kid that went off to the army, he's got him tied up to that post there, like Jesus. And he's like naked as a jaybird. He's got his shirt off, you know, he's all sweated up. And he's got like, I'll tell you, for a guy, he's got size 14 feet. He's got really small nipples, you know. Live, Live and local. We're Sports Radio 560. QAM. Yeah, hurry up with those stupid rejoins, okay? 1013, because I want to put this on from CNN. 
Police report chase near Fredericksburg, Virginia, and it may have something to do with the sniper. Everybody is trying to uh, have their reflexes ready. Emergency so situation, they said. Immediately to this. Darren, we'll continue to track it from here. I'm not sure if you're gathering more information. Shooting, another shooting CNN reported, assembly. by the way. Uh, what we know right now, apparently there has been an incident. Authorities have responded, as they have repeatedly now, uh, for nine days and running, and we'll track it, see if there's a connection there. Yeah, Bill, I think the most important uh, point is one that you and Gene have made repeatedly, and that is uh, even though there's some type of emergency situation, too early now to say if this is related to the uh, numerous sniper attacks. One interesting thing, though, as we do look for similarities, because I'm able to listen into some of our affiliates, says, you guys are talking on CNN, uh, hearing that this could have possibly happened at an Exxon gas station. Also, interestingly enough, that particular, ga that particular gas station, according to WUSA, our affiliate, is across from one of the police barracks. Um, again, we'll have to wait and see exactly what the situation is and how it relates to um, what we're following, but we will get back to you in Montgomery County. Thank you, Gene and Bill. We have a progress report right now on the condition of the sniper's eighth victim. That is the 13-year-old uh, boy who was shot outside his school on Monday. The teenager was shot once outside of Tasker Middle School in Maryland. Uh, this is now video that you're seeing actually from the, uh, that would have been from the, the Manassas. Yeah, give us the condition, shooting. bitch, okay? Uh, we know what it is. we're talking about right now, if we can get those pictures up, has to do with Tasker Middle School. At that particular one in Bowie, Maryland, that's where police found a shell case. Oh, I can't, I just can't deal with it. At any rate, we'll uh, we'll keep you abreast of that situation. Five six seven oh five sixty pound five sixty on the AT and T and Verizon Wireless line. Our our uh, fax machine's also screwed up. Every time one page comes out, uh, the whole no matter how much paper you put in there, like five hundred uh, blank pages come out with it. So everything in this place is in a state of total disarray, total and complete disarray. But nevertheless, oh look at that out of paper. I can't imagine why. <laughs> oh, 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 God. Look at that. I'm, I'm not going to addict with it. Okay, I'm just, I just, I just give up. I just throw up my arms in disgust and give up. This place is uh, unworkable. This studio is unacceptable. This radio station is unworkable. This show is not, uh, you know. And anybody who says that this tone is uh, whatever, this tone blows. This old tone. 123 votes on the poll. The tone of Neil's show. It makes no difference where he is. 55. The tone sucks. Nice going there on the uh, Ascento there, getting that tone thing all butched up. We want the callers back, 46. It sucks. Uh, best from Toronto, 11. Best from Miami, 8. And best from Amsterdam, 1. And if they think it's best from Miami, good luck to them. Because this, this tone yesterday and today, this isn't what I had in mind when I stepped off that plane. Because I would have turned around and gotten right back on. Because you know how that works when you get off and you come through the jetway and then the people are all sitting there waiting for the one going right. back the other way. That's what I should have done. Hey, hi, Helen. Nice seeing you. It's just a false alarm. I'm going back. I've done a U-turn. Yeah, I've done a real quick U-turn. Paul Krugman writes in the New York Times today, moles at work. He says, so here's my theory. Michael Oxley, Harvey Pitt, and George W. Bush are all communist moles who have worked their way into the center of the capitalist system in order to destroy it. How else can you make sense of their actions? It's true that in July they grudgingly agreed to a corporate reform bill, which briefly calmed the growing investor panic. That was because it's essential for them to control Congress. They need maximum leeway to wreck the U.S. economy. But then they found a better answer. Saber-rattling over Iraq does double duty. It distracts the media. On Wednesday, the Dow fell 215 points, hitting a nearly five-year low, while consumer confidence fell to levels not seen since 1996, yet neither story was treated as front-page news. And war talk itself helps depress stocks and consumer confidence and further undermines the economy. Going up again today, though, boys and girls. You see that? He hasn't spoken yet. Oh, that's right. 
The masterstroke came last week. Even as evidence mounted that the wheels are coming off our so-called recovery, the conspirators carefully destroyed the credibility of July's corporate reforms. The Financial Times reports that it wasn't just congressional Republicans in the accounting industry that blocked the appointment of John Biggs to head a crucial new accounting oversight board. The White House was concerned at labor union backing for Mr. Biggs. Now that the best candidate's been humiliated and betrayed, nobody of stature will take the post. That means corporate reform is dead in the water. And if the conspirators hold the uh, House and regain the Senate, they can proceed with their wrecking program, driving the budget even deeper into long-term deficits, scaring small investors, and blocking any actions that might pull the economy out of its deepening funk that's with an N. Okay, I'm not quite sure about this theory. There's another theory that might explain what these guys are doing. They simply may be constitutionally incapable, actually given the presence of John Ascroft, make that unconstitutionally incapable of doing what has to be done. What we've learned over the past year is the extent to which the modern business game is rigged in favor of insiders. Self-dealing has become pervasive. Incredibly generous executive compensation, sweet deal loans, and preferential access to IPOs were standard practice in many companies that haven't yet become targets of SEC investigation. And deceptive accounting, which lured the public into buying stock even as insiders were bailing out, must have been very widespread indeed. In the last three years of the bubble, reported corporate profits soared, but the overall measure of profits calculated by the U.S. Commerce Department, which is unaffected by the maneuvers company used to cook their books, hardly grew at all. In short, the fix was in. If we're to have a real recovery, it's urgent that ordinary investors be assured that those days are over. Yet it may be hard for our current leaders to understand that urgency all their lives. The fix has been in on their behalf. Wednesday's Wall Street Journal reported another piece of the Harkin Energy story, one that provides even more evidence of how family connections smoothed Mr. Bush's business career. The key defense against charges that a sale of the Harkin stock amounted to insider trading has always been the fact that while the stock's price plunged soon after he sold his shares, it then recovered, albeit temporarily. Now we know why it recovered. It wasn't just a mysterious invitation to drill for oil off Bahrain. Harkin also pulled a trick that would be emulated on a larger scale by Enron. In effect, it borrowed money to pay its bills while using loopholes and accounting rules to conceal a resulting debt. What made the trick possible was Harkin's guardian angel, a powerful institution controlled by an oil man, Robert Stone, who was a strong political supporter of Mr. Bush's father. This institution acquired a large stake in Harkin as soon as Mr. Bush became a board member and subsequently showed itself willing to do whatever it took to keep the hapless company afloat. This included taking much of the company's debt off its books in return for assets of doubtful value and giving Harkin a share in their partnership almost twice as large as its contribution to the partnership's capital. The name of the guardian angel, the Harvard University Endowment. Don't be surprised, professors don't run the university's money. That's what the Paul Krugman writes in today's New York Times. Oh, and guess what? The other day when we had that uh, U.S. said and also Yemen said because it was too embarrassing for them, they said it wasn't a terrorist attack on the uh, tanker off of Yemen. Well, guess what? They were wrong. They changed their tune. I mean, didn't we know? I mean, how, well, you have to Everybody be some knew. kind of a rocket scientist to know that when they saw a speeding boat approaching and this gigantic bomb blast, almost identical to the one on the USS Cole. Oh, no, it just uh, was an accident on board. A couple of nuclear weapons went out. Now, how come the traffic's all moving there again in uh, Fredericksburg? You notice that? Yeah. Police confirmed shooting in Spotsylvania County, Virginia. To any potential uh, important development. Uh, if we go back to that in a moment, let's update you on what we know today. Uh, the police chief came out just about two hours ago. Uh, I thought he said one thing that was quite interesting, actually. He said, we're still getting good tips on our tip line. 888-324-9800 uh, is the consolidated number as of yesterday morning. Uh, and the other thing he stressed was, if you have information, don't be shy. Let us decipher. Let us to determine what we think is important and critical. Right, because someone could have seen something that they judged to be irrelevant. Yeah, like your, your comments. Five six seven oh five sixty pound five sixty on the AT and T line. Let's get these lines up here. We got thirty seven percent of the people want the callers. Where the hell are they? Of course, it's Columbus uh, Day on Monday, right? Isn't that when we celebrate it? 
Yeah. Yes. Even though it's officially uh, tomorrow, I believe. Is it? Isn't it the 12th of October? I never knew. I just looked at the calendar. Well, you better. What kind? Oh, that's right. I forgot you came off a banana boat. So did he. So what the, Yeah, that's that's a good point. Now, was Harry Belafonte singing on his boat or yours? <laughs> on the way back. 5670560, oh, pound 560 on the AT&T and Verizon wireless line. As we get some calls back into the show here because the audience think the tone sucks. They want the calls back. I don't think in Toronto I need the calls. Here I need them. What? Oh, I thought I heard something. Like what? Like somebody opening the door. But I think it was a false alarm. WQAM. Hello? Yes, sir. Hey, how are you? I'm doing good. Great to hear you uh, taking phone calls for once in a while. Yeah. I understand why you're not doing it on a more regular basis, needless to say. And why would that be? Oh, all these, uh, you know, douchebags down here in Miami, all these oyes, um, calling you up and talking garbage. Oy! Uh -huh. So we're back to the NHL season. Very happy about that. Um, I wanted to just, you know, point out the fact that obviously day in and day out, we're aware of the background of George Bush and we're aware of the background of Dick Cheney. It's so tiresome to listen to, though, because anybody juxtaposed with the last guy we had in office for eight years, number one, wasn't going to be the orator that he was. Number two, wasn't going to have his little rags-to-riches trailer park background to getting to the White House glory story that the Democrats is love. That, is that what this is all about? What about John F. Kennedy? John F. Kennedy didn't have half of well, his what, stuff. What, is that, what, does that have to do with war? what does that life? have to do with war in Iraq? It doesn't have anything to do with war in Iraq, but you guys are reading columns every single day about George Bush and how somebody's taken care of him and stroked him his whole life and made sure everything went well for him. Yeah, but you're, you're missing the point. The you fact that these corporations, that if you were the fact that money? these corporations have ripped off the American public and the investors, and people are losing their entire uh, uh, investment, the uh, retirement savings. That's what we're, people are psychotic about. We don't. We already knew that this president was born with a silver spoon up his ass and his brother as well. Yeah, and the no, Kennedys. Nobody's been able yet to actually prove that he personally has done anything wrong. Mm -hmm. All they've done is shown. Well, what does that have to do with going to war in Iraq at election time? Because the economy's in the crapper. Well, I don't think. I don't and think, lying to the American public about it. I honestly don't think that he did a bad job the other night of explaining that. It's he didn't. Only he didn't do a bad job. He didn't do any job. He, did a he good offered job of it. no new proof. He offered no evidence. And have a great day, okay? Call up uh, Lardass. He's talking about See, the oil. See, this guy, this guy is pleased that we're not that we're taking calls because it deflects from reading these 80 million hours. Which I got a lot of them, sir. I got a whole bunch of them here. It'll make you very happy. If you think that anybody's going to like uh, muscle me into not uh, exposing the kind of fraud that we got for a government here, these assholes that stole and stole the election. Robert Fisk writes what the U.S. president wants us to forget and the U.K. independent. What they want us to forget. Here's White House exaggerating Iraqi threat. Julian Burger in Washington. This this childish business about well the Kennedys did that. I've always said that the Kennedys were the biggest crooks on the face of the earth. Joe Kennedy was a freaking bootlegger and a scumbag. We all know that. They stole that election too in '60, with all those dead people that voted in Chicago at the last minute, thanks to Dick Daly and all the other dicks. But you're one of those silly people, sir. You're one of those politically blind people, and you obviously you embrace this guy. Hey, have a good time with him. You got a lot of company. Sixty-three percent of the country think he's doing a great job, which is what makes me very happy. Most of the year I don't live here. How could anybody believe that? You look at the economy. You look at people's retirement savings that went up in smoke. We're not talking about people that want to be billionaires like or uh, multimillionaires like the Bushes and the Kennedys. People that just would like to be able to retire someday before they croak. People that work their asses off all their lives so they could put away a little bit of a nest egg. And guess what? Well, it was a fraud. Too bad. You lose. 
Just like all this bull crap on the gambling channel on there on CNBC, all this fraud that they've been perpetrating, and I'm the only one in the country that uh, t takes into task for it. It's garbage. It's caca. They had the opportunity to expose all of this crap. They didn't do it. All these dot coms and all this Enron crap and all these other stocks that are now like a buck and two bucks and seventy cents and Sun Microsystems two and a half bucks. It's the new economy. New economy, my freaking ass. Okay. So, sir, you go and explain to all of these goddamn poor people out there that lost their life savings in this scam what it's all about. And, well, we don't have evidence he did anything wrong. No, right. His investment, his minimal investment in the Texas Rangers, that all of a sudden became $15 million. That was done with mirrors. That was done by magic. Everything these goddamn people do is a chicanery, and you know it as well as I do. Not to mention, of course, his partner in crime, Dick, speaking of Dick's. But what am I getting excited about? See, that's the problem again with these calls. This is a guy who wants to tell me what I should be talking about. It's very ponderous hearing. And obviously he listens every day. Every goddamn day. And you know something, sir? Every day I'm going to read more of those stories that make you uh, nervous, make you squirm in your chair. In fact, you inspired me after the break. I'm going to do a whole series of them right in a row. Because I just am nauseated by all you people out there who are too stupid and too politically. And the Democrats suck, okay? Look at what they did yesterday, the way they caved in. I'll give credit to 100 and some odd. I mean, far more than they thought voted against it in the House, which I give them credit for having a little bit of a backbone, but not enough. And the Senate, my God, what, where the hell, other than Kennedy and Byrd, a couple, of course, Byrd's senile anyway, and a few of the others. Well, look at Tom Daschle and his disgusting performance yesterday. Do you see that? Do you see his speech? No. The way he caved in, pulled it over like a piece of paper mache. Because they're all terrified. It's just not politically correct to be uh, what is perceived to be unpatriotic. They've been painted into a corner. And I'll give Bush and his uh, cronies credit for that. You're in, Like he said before, you're either with us or you're against us. You're either one of the good guys or the evildoers, and there's nobody in between. And the public being like a bunch of morons and political animals out there. It's just like the religion thinks you've been brainwashed, that's all. Republicans, good. Democrats, bad. Kennedys, they were a bunch of crooks, so they were bad. But the Bush people, they're crooks, but they're Republicans, so they're okay. And don't tell us about it. Well, guess what, sir? I am going to tell you about it. On and on and on. I might just go till 4 o'clock today, okay? Screw that football crap. Screw all that bull crap that we have on this station 20 hours a day. All that horseball crap. About ball games. About jock straps. About men that take showers together. That's a bunch of fag crap, believe me. I know, because I know my fag crap, okay? I'm the expert on faggery. And a bunch of guys that take showers together and snap towels on each other's ass. That's a bunch of faggots, okay? So thanks very much for your call. And have a nice day, as Mike Siegel would say. Oh, remember I was talking about Mike Siegel just the other day with that bad hairpiece? Right. Man, is he an asshole? Is he an asshole? He's an asshole. That's what I said. 10.28 at 5. Well, that changed the tone of the show a little bit. Look at that. We're up to 41% now. <laughs> Castaway Seafood Company knows seafood, man. In fact, uh, when they saw Scoran in the hallway, they said, wow, it smells fishy to me. They pride themselves on serving you the freshest seafood available. Fresh fish, never frozen. They also feature grilled certified Angus beef, burgers, filet mignon, or a huge, delicious mouth-watering New York strip. Castaways has got great weekend specials. Like all you can eat, Castaways catfish, only ten ninety-five. Remember the catfish lady? No. Was that before your time? Must have been. Wow. 
Grouper with an almond glaze for fourteen ninety five. That's when taking calls was fun. Or a grilled double centered pork uh, cut pork chop for just fifteen ninety five. Join the Castaways tailgate party at the Hogfish Bar, offering college and meaningless NFL football specials, including all you can eat hot and spicy buffalo shrimp for just seven ninety five. While you watch your favorite teams, the food isn't meaningless; just the games are. There's also live entertainment every Saturday night. Castaway Seafood Company—they got a full bar. They're open every day of your life, seven days a week, and you'll find them on the southwest corner of University Drive and Griffin Road in Davie. If you're looking to cater your next home or office party, Castaways can do that too. The Castaway Seafood Company featuring seafood fresh, uh, so fresh it'll slap you in the puss, Grand. Live and local. This is Sports Radio 560. UAM. Chamberlain, rate me. Bright light come and I won't go home. Chocolate pudding, vodka pills. Bright light come and we want to go home. Suicide man, it can kill. Bright light come and we want to go home. Hey, Mr. Coroner, tally up your bodies. Bright light come and we want to go home. We say, hey, Mr. Coroner, tally up your bodies. Bright light come and we want to go home. Six men, seven men, eight men dead. Right like come and we want to go home. Six men, seven men, eight men dead. Right like come and we want to go home. Hey, Misado. Right like come and we want to go home. Cheers. Hey. That guy really got me whipped up into a frenzy, so it's good that we took some calls. You know, all I needed was that one. Got me whipped up into a fanatical frenzy because, you know, see, what he wants is he wants Rush Limbaugh, uh, Bill O'Reilly, Ali North, G. Gordon Liddy. He wants them on 24 hours a day on every station in America. That's what he wants. So they can parrot the same old tired crap. Because he didn't have anything to say, just like Bush on Monday night. He had nothing to say, which we'll get to in a second, by the way. Carlos, good little Carlos, our good close personal friend. By the way, did he get a paycheck yet from this joint, Carlos? Not yet. He won't. I know, I'm just kidding. Just a joke, Carlos. You might. I don't want to say he will. He might. Just like you might get that new contract. But police in Morrisville, Pennsylvania have seen a lot of weird things on the job, but nothing prepared them for the guy who limped into the station house with a nail and a firecracker in his penis. The unidentified man from nearby Trenton, New Jersey, told the stunt cops he had inserted the objects himself but refused to say why. He asked them to take him to the hospital. The bizarre incident quickly sparked ribald humor among officers. He probably wanted to go off with a bang, one quick. Squirt, squirt. Isn't that clever? Want to go off with a bang? Yeah, okay. <laughs> well, it's Trenton, New Jersey. they got nothing else to do there except to avoid the Schwarzers. So anyway, this episode up there in Maryland, 
the uh, cops are like stopping, slowing traffic on 95, and every now and then they'll pull some people over like, oh, you look kind of suspicious, and then they're letting a bunch of other people just go flying by. So what can I tell you? President Bush, this is by, who wrote this? Julian Borger in Washington from The Guardian, UK. President Bush's case against Saddam Hussein, outlined in a televised address to the nation Monday night, relied on a slanted and sometimes entirely false reading of the available U.S. intelligence government officials and analysts claimed yesterday. Officials in the CIA, FBI, and Energy Department are being put under intense pressure to produce reports which backed administrations lie in the Guardian has learned. In response, some are complying, some are resisting, and some are choosing to remain silent. Basically, cooked information is working its way into high-level pronouncements, and there's a lot of unhappiness about it in intelligence, especially among analysts of the CIA, said Vincent Canestraro, the CIA's former head of counterintelligence. In his address, the president reassured Americans that military action was not imminent or unavoidable, unavoidable but he made the most detailed case to date for the use of force should become necessary. But some of the key allegations against the Iraqi regime were not supported by intelligence currently available to the administration. Mr. Bush repeated a claim already made by senior members of his administration that Iraq has attempted to import hardened aluminum tubes for gas centrifuges, which are used to enrich uranium for nuclear weapons. The tubes were also mentioned by Tony Blair in his dossier of evidence presented to Parliament last month. However, U.S. government experts on nuclear weapons and centrifuges have suggested that they were more likely to be used for making conventional weapons. I would just say there is not much support for that nuclear theory around here, said a Department of Energy specialist. David Albright, a physicist and former U.N. weapons inspector, was consulted on the purpose of the aluminum tubes, said it was far from clear that the tubes were intended for a uranium centrifuge. Mr. Albright, who heads the Institute for Science and International Security, a Washington think tank, said there's a catfight going on about this right now. On one side, you have most of the experts on gas centrifuges. On the other, you have one guy sitting in the CIA. Mr. Albright said skeptics at the Energy Department's Lawrence Livermore National Laboratory in California had been ordered to keep their doubts to themselves. He quoted a colleague at the laboratory as saying, The administration can say what it wants and we're expected to remain silent. There's already considerable skepticism among U.S. intelligence officials about Mr. Bush's claim of links between Iraq and al-Qaeda. In his speech on Monday, Mr. Bush referred to a very senior al-Qaeda leader who received medical treatment in Baghdad this year. An intelligence source said the man the president was referring to was Abu Musab Zarqawi, who was arrested in Jordan in 2001 for his part in the Millennium Plot to bomb tourist sites there. He was subsequently released and eventually made his way to Iraq in search of treatment. However, intercepted telephone calls did not mention any cooperation with the Iraqi government. There's also profound skepticism among U.S. intelligence experts about the president's claim that Iraq has trained al-Qaeda members in bomb-making and poisons in deadly gases. Bob Bayer, a former CIA agent who tracked al-Qaeda's rise, said that there were contacts between Osama bin Laden and the Iraqi government in Sudan in the early 90s and 1998, but there is no evidence that a strategic partnership came out of it. I'm unaware of any evidence of Saddam pursuing terrorism against the United States, he said. A source familiar with the 9-11 investigation said the FBI has been pounded on to make this link. In making his case on Monday, Mr. Bush made a startling claim that the Iraqi regime was developing drones or unmanned aerial vehicles, UAVs, which could be used to disperse chemical or biological weapons across broad areas. We're concerned that Iraq is exploring ways of using these UAVs for missions targeting the United States, he warned. U.S. military experts confirmed that Iraq has been converting Eastern European trainer jets, known as L-29s, into drones, but said that with a maximum range of a few hundred miles, there were no threat to any targets in the U.S., it doesn't make any sense to me if he meant U.S. territory, said Stephen Baker, a retired U.S. Navy rear admiral who assesses Iraqi military capabilities at the Washington-based Center for Defense Information. Mr. Canestraro said the flow of intelligence to the top levels of the administration had been deliberately skewed by the hawks at the Pentagon. CIA assessments are being put aside by the Defense Department in favor of intelligence they're getting from the various Iraqi exiles, he said. Machiavelli warned princes against listening to exiles. Well, that's what's happening now. There you go, boys and girls. 
That's just the first of many inspired by that brilliant caller. That bush licker, okay? You lick all the bush you want, pal. Use some Listerine while you're at it. 20 before land. Watch out for a screw and whatever you do. My local. This is Sports Radio 560. QAQAM. Howard David. Online Casino Radio 560. WQAM presents Captain Mo Vaynaru. The ratings for the sports format were so bad, we had to start paying the sponsors. And when the only three listeners we had asked to get paid for listening, well, we thought we'd give this a try. Hey, hello, boys and girls. This is your old veiny captain, uh, Captain Vaynaru. We got a uh, full docket of moit and merriment over here. Uh, this stinks. <clears throat> I ought not be doing this, boys and girls. I was a big star at one time, you see. But I gotta tell you, kids, living in paradise ain't cheap. I need a check, understand? All right. Let's see what we got over here. Got some crepe paper. We'll figure something out to do with it. Morning, Captain. What do you want, Green Jeans? Leave me alone. Aren't you gonna say good morning to our friends? They're right. Morning, Moose. They call me Mr. Moose, because I'll be hung like a moose. I'm glad to hear it, man, dingo man. You be dissing me. No, 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 pipe down, pal. You woolies are all right by me. Got the good and strong loins from uh, proper breeding. I just don't know what you just said. That's because you're stupid. Dad! Now we're going to make something out of this crepe paper, you understand? Yo. Then maybe later I'll pull the link sausages out of my pants, okay? <laughs> okay. All right, now. Here's the paper. How many sheets you want, Green Jeans? I'll take two. Two? Yeah. So that's your take, eh? Huh? <laughs> it's a joke, you moron. Ah! I'll take one for me. How many for you, uh, Mr. Moose? Leave a whole ten. Ten? Ten sheets of paper? That's right. Look at this black-ass monkey over here. Hmm? He wants ten sheets. Ten sheets of paper. Well, I got news for you, pal. Paper don't come cheap, you dumb titsoon. Hey. Watch you with them, sister. I'm going to cut your venous throat. Help me out here, green jeans. Ah. Hey, where's your green jeans? Around my ankles, where we want yours to be. That's right. Pull them down, green jeans. Oh, no. Not again. Get up. Have a feeling. We'll be right back. With more. For you boys and girls. Not funny, you know. 10.46 at 5.60, WQM, we got Mad Dog at 1, Hank from, uh, and Eddie K from Calder at 3. The uh, Dave Wanstead Show with a humper from 5.30 to 6.30. You got uh, Hooters College Football Preview with Joe Zagacki and Don Bailey Jr. at 7, so get out the notos. Major League Playoffs at 10. You got the uh, Twins at the Angels. And after baseball, you got Eddie K. What? I don't understand that. Oh, joined in progress. Joined in progress. So, in other words, the Hooters College Football Preview has got to be on for three hours. So, we're joining a baseball game in progress and only carrying like the last, uh, the ass end of it. And what what if it's like nine to one by the time we get into the ball game? Should have a big lead in for Eddie K with that. And then uh, ESPN Radio overnight. Well, I'm doing the best I can. Okay, at least I'm I'm passing along what's on the schedule. Okay, all of it, all of it, not just part of it. The Jewish Federation of Greater Seattle has dropped Leonard Nimoy from its October 23rd fundraiser because of images of the former Star Trek star's art photography book of naked and partially dressed women, some with Jewish ritual items. Federal Federation Director Barry Gorin withdrew the invitation Wednesday in an unpleasant conversation, Nimoy told the Seattle Times, for an article published yesterday. The Jewish community group could not afford to jeopardize the annual fundraiser, which produced about $10 million last year, Gorin said. The cover for Nimoy's book, Shekinah, shows a woman with her left arm wrapped in a 
what is it? Phylacteries? Oh, that must be, um, what you call it? The uh, payas, the tallest? The no, sitsis. No, not sitsis. Tefillin. With phylacteries, a prayer accessory men traditionally wear, and her right breast visible through a translucent garment. The work is entirely reverential, said Nemoy 71, a Jew who grew up in an Orthodox household and is now a Reformed Jew. Oy. How do you like that? So I guess they were concerned that her tzitzes were showing or something like that. Yeah, one of them was. Must have been. Cut it out, Leonard. Going to put you back on a goddamn ship with Bill Shatner. He can get you a good deal on uh, what you call it, dot com. What's that thing he does? Uh, price, uh, Priceline.com. Yeah. He can do it for you. Nick Kristoff writes in today's New York Times, Boy, I'm so glad that one guy inspired me, man. I'm on a roll now. You inspired me, you lard-ass, limbaugh-licking piece of turd. That's exactly what he is. His tongue probably smells like Limburger. You know what I'm saying? Even worse than uh, Screwan's ass. Speaking of skunk. What, it's getting cold in there now again? Well, there's no happy medium, it be, okay? It, it was, me. it was either hotter than hell in here before, or now it's like uh, cold. Nick Kristoff writes, Revolving Door Monsters in the New York Times today. President Bush and Vice President Cheney portray Saddam Hussein as so menacing and terrifying that one might think they've lain awake at night for years worrying about him. But when Mr. Cheney was running Halliburton, the oil services firm, it sold more equipment to Iraq than any other company did. As first reported by the Financial Times on November 3, 2000, Halliburton subsidiary submitted $23.8 million worth of contracts with Iraq to the U.N. in 1998 and 9 for approval by its sanctions committee. Now, let me say right up front that this wasn't illegal or even, my, in my view, sleazy. This was legitimate business conducted through joint ventures that had been acquired as part of a larger takeover in September of 98. Zelma Branch, a Halliburton spokeswoman, says that the subsidiaries completed their pre-existing Iraq contracts but did not seek new ones. So this is not evidence of scandalous conduct or egregious misjudgment. This is not like a politician being found, as former Governor Edwin Edwards of Louisiana put it, in bed with a dead girl or a live boy. But as we debate whether or not to go to war with Iraq, it's a useful reminder of how fashions change in our perceptions of rogue states. Public enemy number one today is a government that Mr. Cheney was, in effect, helping shore up just a couple of years ago. More broadly, the U.S. has a long history in which Saddam, though just as monstrous as he is today, was coddled as our monster. In the 1980s, we provided his army with satellite intelligence so that it could use chemical weapons against Iranian soldiers. When Saddam used nerve gas and mustard gas against the Kurds in 1988, the Reagan administration initially tried to blame Iran. We whipped seven strains of anthrax. We shipped seven strains of anthrax to Iraq between 1978 and 88. These days, we see Iraq as an imminent threat to our way of life, while just a couple of years ago it was perceived as a pathetic dictatorship, hardly worth the bother of bombing. What changed? Not Iraq, but rather our own sensibilities after 9-11. What is driving this, said Rod Al-Qadiri, an analyst at the Petroleum Finance Company in Washington. It's not driven by any Iraqi provocation. You've got a regime that has kept its head down. It's been driven by a domestic constituency in the U.S. We need to be wary that we're not just pursuing the latest fashion in monsters. Iran was the menace of the 1980s, so we snuggled up with Iraq. The Soviet threat led us to cuddle with Islamic fundamentalists like those now trying to blow us up. In 1994, the Vogue threat changed, and Hawks pressed hard for a military confrontation with North Korea. We came within an inch of going to war with North Korea in a conflict that a Pentagon study found would have killed a million people, including up to 100,000 Americans. In retrospect, it's clear that the Hawks were wrong about confronting North Korea. Containment and deterrence so far have worked instead, kind of, of just as they have kind of worked to restrain Iraq over the last 11 years, and we saved thousands of lives by pressing diplomatic solutions. If we spent money on hypocrisy detectors as well as anthrax detectors, they would be buzzing. For example, Republicans are trying to defeat the Democratic Senator Tim Johnson of South Dakota by running commercials featuring Saddam Hussein. 
when I was writing from Iraq lately, some peeved readers suggested I stay there for good. They might have had their wish if they'd been shrewd enough to have sent effusive emails thanking me for the fine spying, signed George Tennant. The fact is that neither Tim Johnson nor any lily-covered columnist ever bolstered Saddam's government the way Vice President Cheney did, perfectly legitimately, in 1988 and 9. Before we prepare to go to war, we need to take a deep breath and make sure we're doing so to overcome a threat that's real and enduring, not one that we're conjuring in part, in part out of our trauma of 9-11. Old monsters like Libya, North Korea, and Iran have proved, while not ephemeral but at least changeable, less terrifying today than they used to be. And the Iraqi threat, for which we're now prepared to sacrifice hundreds or thousands of American casualties just a few years ago, was simply another tin-horned dictatorship where CEO Cheney was earning his bonus. Writes Nick Kristoff in today's New York Times. boy, Nick. Robert Fisk writes in the uh, UK Independent on Wednesday of this week what the U.S. president wants us to forget. Each day now, someone says something even more incredible, even more unimaginable about President Bush's obsession with war. Yesterday, George Bush was himself telling an audience in Cincinnati about nuclear holy warriors. Forget a moment that we still can't prove Saddam Hussein has nuclear weapons. Forget that the latest Bush speech was just a rehash of all the ifs and mays and coulds in Tony Blair's flimsy 16 pages of allegations in his historically dishonest dossier. Forget that if Osama bin Laden never acquired a nuclear weapon, he'd probably use it first on Sodom. No, we've got to fight nuclear holy warriors. That's what we have to do to justify the whole charade through which we are being now taken by the White House, by Downing Street, by all the decaying experts on terrorism, and alas, by far too many journalists. Forget the 14 Palestinians, including the 12-year-old child killed by Israel a few hours before Mr. Bush spoke. Forget that when his aircraft killed nine Palestinian children in July, along with one militant, the Israeli Prime Minister Ariel Sharon, a man of peace in Mr. Bush's words, described the slaughter as a great success. Israel is on our side. Remember to use the word terror. Use it about Saddam Hussein. Use it about Osama bin Laden. Use it about Yasser Amafart. Use it about anyone who opposes Israel or America. Bush used it in his speech yesterday 30 times in a half an hour. That's one terrorism a minute. But now let's list exactly what we really must forget if we're to support this madness. Most important of all, we absolutely must forget that President Ronald Reagan dispatched the special envoy to meet Saddam Hussein in December of 1983. It's essential to forget this for three reasons. Firstly, because the awful Sodom was already using gas against the Iranians, which is one of the reasons we're now supposedly going to war with them. Secondly, because the envoy was sent to Iraq to arrange the reopening of the U.S. Embassy in order to secure better trade and economic relations with the butcher of Baghdad. Thirdly, because the envoy was, wait for it, Donald Rumsfeld. Now, you might think it's strange that Mr. Rumsfeld, in the course of his folksy press conferences, hasn't chatted to us about this interesting tidbit. It says here, titbit. You might think he would have wished to enlighten us about the evil nature of the criminal with whom he so warmly shook hands, but no. Strangely, Mr. Rumsfeld is silent about all this, as he is about his subsequent and equally friendly meeting with Tarek Aziz, which just happened to take place on the day in March 84 that the U.N. released its damning report on Sodom's use of poison gas against Iran. The American media are silent about this, too, of course, because we must forget. We must forget, too, that in 1988, as Sodom destroyed the people of Halabja with gas, along with tens of thousands of other Kurds, when he used gas against his own people, in the words of Messrs. Bush, Cheney, Blair, Cook, Straw, at all, President Bush Sr. provided him with $500 million in U.S. government subsidies to buy American farm products. We must forget that the following year, after Sodom's genocide was complete, President Bush Sr. doubled the subsidy to $1 billion, along with the germ seed for anthrax, helicopters, and the notorious dual-use material that could be used for chemical and biological weapons. And when President Bush Jr. promises the Iraqi people an era of new hope and democracy after the destruction of Sodom, as he did last night, we must forget how the Americans promised Pakistan and Afghanistan a new era of hope after the defeat of the Soviet army in 1980 and did nothing. We must forget how President Bush Sr. urged the Iraqis to rise up against Sodom in 91 when they obeyed and did nothing. We must forget how America promised a new era of hope to Somalia in 1993 and then, after Black Hawk Down, abandoned the country. 
We must forget how President Bush Jr. promised to stand by Afghanistan before he began his bombings last year and has left it now in economic shambles of drug barons, warlords, anarchy, and fear. He boasted yesterday that the people of Afghanistan have been liberated, this after he failed to catch bin Laden, failed to catch Mullah Omar, and while his troops are coming under daily attack. We must forget, as we listen to the need to reinsert arms inspectors, that the CIA covertly used U.N. weapons inspectors to spy on Iraq. And, of course, we must forget about oil. Indeed, oil is the one commodity and one of the few things which George Bush Jr. knows something about, along with his ex-cronies Cheney and Rice and countless others in the administration, which is never mentioned. In all of Bush's 30 minutes of anti-Iraq war talk yesterday, meaning Monday, pleasantly leavened with just two minutes of how I hope this will not require military action, there wasn't a single reference to the fact that Iraq may hold oil reserves larger than those of Saudi Arabia, that American oil companies stand to gain billions of dollars in the event of a U.S. invasion, that once out of power, Bush and his friends could become multi-billionaires on the spoils of this war. We must ignore all of this before we go to war. We must forget. Live and local, this is 560. The radio is all yours now. Friday, you bastards. Don't like all the Harper. Don't, don't, don't. Every time I see. Don't, 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 don't. That retarded dim witch. Republicans muscled in an inarticulate idiot. I don't know why they would want this guy, but now he's here. We're screwed the next four years with President Thumbs. You notice that guy that uh, got me set off about a half an hour ago, he started out the call. I'd forgotten this because he got me worked up a little, which is fine. But he started out the call. Well, you know, Neil, the hockey season's back. Like, you know, he's going to ingratiate himself with me by saying, oh, isn't this great? Now we got hockey back. Did he say anything about hockey? No. About the Panthers blowing that game last night? No. About anything? No. No, that, that was just a diversionary tactic to suck up. And, oh, wouldn't it be so much better if you talk about hockey? Well, there, there aren't ten people out there that want to talk about hockey, okay, sir? I've been down that road many times before. Now, next time George fills in, he and Rimmer will be doing a hockey show, but nevertheless. A four-hour hockey show. A six-hour hockey show with Mo doing the last two hours of it. But nevertheless. And hockey in this town. All you got to do is read Dave Hyde's insipid column again for the second day in a row in the Sun Sentinel this morning. Idiotic, pathetic, tragic, 
Oh, he's just 19. And by the way, it's Bowmister, okay, Gildy, not Bowmeister. I know Meester is like more whiny, uh, which is right up your alley. That guy, there's, there's a guy, talk about an ingrate, that son of a bitch. You know what I'm talking about? What are you talking about? Talking about the only reason he's here is because I made it. That was, that was, I'll, I'll fess up to it right now. I made a bad mistake. Saving his ass, keeping his job. Why? Why what? Why was that a mistake? Because he's got it, because he's become a total suckhole. He's not, well, you're right, he has to he's be. He's got to. I know. See, I, I beat you to the punch. And speaking of suckholes, the guy that didn't suck around enough on that show, he's totally unprofessional, doesn't belong on here. The beast. That was the line, by the way. Was it? He was totally unprofessional. He doesn't belong on my show. That was the line from Mo about the beast. But anyway, it's uh, after 11 o'clock. I don't see him in here for the weigh-in yet. I don't want to start getting nervous or anything like that. But like I said before, if I'm going to do a weigh-in, I'm going to do it early as possible in the day when I haven't consumed very much. So, it, I mean, that, there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing dishonest about that. I'm sure he's on his way in. Oh, yeah, right. He's on his way, all right. Out. Maybe that's him right there on the bat line. Is that the beast? And what's like he doing? I said, he's on his way in. See, but I was the one that got the psychic vibration to bring him up again, see? Because I knew he was on a way in. Just to try to nudge him along a little. To get, don't go too fast, okay? We don't want to wreck or anything. But just to try to put a little pedal out of the metal there. I think he's going to run all the way here from Kendall just to make sure he loses the. We can't imagine that. <laughs> yeah. Run up the old Hershey Highway, baby. Now, I didn't mention before, well, that's Mayor Pinga Pekini. What's he doing? Get him off my screen. God almighty. The uh, shooting in uh, Fredericksburg this morning was at an Exxon station. So the latest in these series of lunatic uh, sniper shootings have been at gas stations now. In fact, wasn't the first one, the very first one was at yes. a gas station? And then there were a couple, or no, maybe not, because we had a couple at those uh, shopping plazas. Right. Where those Michaels, uh, whatever those stores are. One of them. One of them was, at least. And one of the first three or four was at uh, a gas station, and now the last couple have been at gas stations. And they're still uh, checking people on the highway. They're, they're uh, checking trucks on I-95 near Fredericksburg, et cetera, and so on. Anything happens, we'll let you know. Oh, a news conference at the Exxon Station at 1130 this morning. I bet you what's-his-name shows up. Mr. Kent Moose. Moose. Mr. Moose. <laughs> Old Mr. Moose. Jesus Christ. Now, he ain't going to be there. He's busy. He's busy getting ready for Armageddon, baby. Oh. Yeah, getting ready to return. So we can like, uh, send all them two-thirds of the uh, Jews to hell, and the other 30 can sign them up. And, of course, everybody else, all you Muslims, oh, you're out. <laughs> oh, forget about you. And all us heathens, forget about that altogether. Bad hair day. I know we've had several faxes about this. Don't have to worry. I'm on top of this stuff, even though we had a few Internet problems here. Speaking of Internet, how's that poll coming? 239 votes. The tone of Neil's show is, this is so bogus, man. This is such bull crap. It makes no difference where he is, 106. The tone sucks. We want the callers back, 98. You should live so long you want the callers back. And that guy was a perfect example. He had nothing to say. He just called to tell me what not to say. Oh, and a hockey. And as soon as he started, I thought, well, this is refreshing. Maybe here's a guy who went to the game last night. Here's a guy, unlike unlike Dave Hyde. And even Dan Labastard had a little bit of a ball this morning in the Herald. Writing about that $10 million they were going to save to pay Pavel, uh, Pavel Burr's salary. And they were going to go out and get some free agents goose up the team. You can't build a franchise out of all the youngsters in the organization. They've been selling us, peddling us that tune for how many years now? Back to the BM days and before. The youngsters in the organization, nobody wants to pay that kind of money to go out and see that. A lot of effort, but uh, the same result, okay? Oh, yeah, they really went out there and worked hard on the free agent market. They got Stefan Matteau, who didn't play last night, by the way. Is he going to make a difference? No. You bet your sweet ass he ain't. And, by the way, somebody ought to tell that dumb frog Denise Potvin, man, you talk about dumb. Jesus Christ. 
What the hell was he talking about last night? He was referring to the uh, Sabres goalie, whose name is Martin Biron. He's another frog. Wouldn't you think that no matter how dumb you are, if you're a frog, you can pronounce other frogs' names? I feel really, really sick. Well, he's in a special category when it comes to dumb, that Denise Palmer. He called him uh, Matthew, which his name ain't Matthew. He's thinking of Matthew Barnaby. He used to play for the Sabres. Matthew Biron. His name is Martin. They call him Marty. Martin Biron. I watched him play for the Sabres last night. Who kicked the Islanders' ass 5-1? to one. I think that was a final. This is Denise Pompey. That's what we got in this town, man. It's just seeping with mediocrity. People like Dave Hyde, who don't have the balls to write it like it is, about how the fans keep getting shafted over and over again in this town and keep getting expected to pay that kind of money. Although I will say this for the new owners, they're, they're not that stupid. They realize they got such a crappy product. They're giving tickets away. Are you aware of that? No. If you take your, if you have a Dade Broward or I think Monroe County driver's license, and you bring your license to a, I forget which games, a whole bunch of games, you can get two free tickets in the upper bowl. <laughs> How do you like that? Hey, I'll go for that deal. How many yeah. games do I have to go to? God Almighty! So nice going, Alan Cohen. You guys really knew what you were doing. Not, not the youngsters in the organization. My ass, okay. How many years does it take to rebuild from scratch? They keep screwing the public over in this town over and over again. And you know, I don't know why, because it's South Florida, because they can. Because they can get away with it. Bad hair day. Do I have time to do this? Now I better do the break first. And then we'll do the bad hair day. Didn't Montana Democrats exploit anti-gay prejudice? I bet you Jeb Bush would be excited about that. In fact, maybe he gave him the idea. They're not homophobic in Montana, are they? <laughs> no. Huh? All them orange heads up there, they're not homophobic. All them people with the four eyes? Not at all. You know the ones I'm talking about. Sure, but that's Appalachia. Especially, the, the, especially the ones in Shelby. Woo-wee! <laughs> Man. Almost went to work that one time in Shelby, Montana. I said, get me out of here. You're over in the flat Which lands. way is the old Hershey Highway? Let me hop on it and get out of this place. Shelby, Montana. There's Bill Hummer. He must be getting serious now. He took his glasses off. Gators. What do you say the Gators? Gators? He's worried about football. He don't give a crap. Gators pretty weak, man. Let me tell you what else is pretty weak, and that is wasting your time and money and effort running around to buy a new mattress. If the old mattress is worn out, if you've just pummeled it to pieces and you're not worth the crap anymore, and you're not getting a great night's sleep, do what Miguel did. Do what I always do. Do what the smart folks do. Make the one easy phone call to dial a mattress at 1-800-MATTRESS. That's all you got to do. They give you the best service in the sun, the best selection, because they got the top names in the business. No off-brands at Dollar Mattress. They've got Serta and Sealy, Simmons and King Coil. And no store in the universe can match their everyday exceptionally low prices. And nobody would even think about promising you the kind of service you get when you call Dollar Mattress because they offer you delivery when it's convenient for you. Any day, seven days a week, in the two-hour window that you pick. Just reach in there and pick it. And they give you that 30-day in-home comfort guarantee, too, so you can test out your great new mattress. The only intelligent way by sleeping on it. So pick up that phone and call it right now, and by this weekend, by tonight, you could be sleeping with a big smile on your ugly old puss. Call 1-800-MATTRESS. I mean, be sure and do it before Armageddon comes, by the way. 1-800-M-A-T-T-R-E-S, or check them out on the web if you like at mattress.com. We're Sports Radio 560. QAM. They're beautiful. Welcome back to the Mo Howard and David Show. So the pipe smoker was starting in on me about Augusta yesterday. Say it ain't so, Mo. Yeah, what the hell does she know about men's sports, huh? Oh, yeah, Mo. Mm. Well, look, golf is for men, and that's that. Keep them broads in the kitchen where they belong. Otherwise, they could wind up like Dinah Shaw. And you know what happened to her. And how, Mo? Mm. Yeah, and that's the way it ought to be in Augusta, Buster. Dad! 
And another thing, those two over there's got me dead. They got me being raped repeatedly. <laughs> What's so funny? It ain't them. Well, I say it is, see? The speaker's producing them, and that pipe-smoking, jizz-guzzling Neil is singing on them. But it's not... Shut up. Oh, <laughs> What do you think, I'm stupid? No, sir. I tell you how I know this. Because anybody who sings has got to be a little, uh, effeminate, you know? Like, ooh-hoo, ooh-hoo. But that's not always... Well, I say it is. Ah, I'll show that jizz guzzler who's boss. Why, I'll have you know, I once had breakfast with President Nixon. Here, you see this pen? Yeah. He gave me this pen when the Jets won in 69, and I kept it hidden up my ass for all these years. Yeah. Says suck it to me. Yeah, I don't want to yeah, touch it. No, yeah. no. And smell it. Kiss it. I said kiss it. Uh, we had an affair with David Abouille, you know. Really? Yeah. All right, all right. Now, see here, you mutton heads. I'm going to show you just how gay it is to sing. You just guzzling June. I really hate you. For singing those songs, I think it's wrong. The, the bits you do. Entertainment. That's what this show's all about. Entertainment, am I right? Yeah. Of course I'm right. What was I right? You're going to be fine. Hey, put your clothes back on. It's embarrassing. I can't help it, Mo. Hey, get out of there. No. I'm get out of there. Bend over. Move that on the air. Come on. Go, 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 go. You beat Boom. my bitch. Yeah. What's going on here? Help me. They're right for me. Oh, help me. Help me. Oh, my bottom bitch. Oh, oh, oh no. Love at 16 at 560. I love the way that one ends, like, real abrupt. abrupt. You know? Real abrupt. Anyway, Bad Hair Day. This is from, uh, well, this is, I've got about 75 different versions of this, but this is the cutest one. Did Montana Democrats exploit anti-gay prejudice? When Mike Taylor, the GOP Senate candidate in Montana, abruptly withdrew from his challenge to Democratic Senator Max Baucus yesterday, he claimed it was because the Democratic attack ad was conveying the impression that he was gay. Old-time Montana politicians thought they were experiencing deja vu. A similar controversy helped sink the GOP candidate who ran against Mr. Baucus when he first ran for the Senate 24 years ago. Democrats say that Mr. Taylor quit because he was going to lose and may have wanted to pull a Torricelli and have a popular governor, former Governor Mark Rassico, replace him on the ballot. But Mr. Taylor says he doesn't want his name removed from the ballot. He'll instead encourage any writing candidate who wants to challenge incumbent Democrat Max Baucus. The logistical challenges of organizing a successful write-in race only three weeks before an election effectively leaves Mr. Baucus unopposed. Although Mr. Taylor has trailed Mr. Baucus in the polls, his campaign says the bottom dropped out for their man this week after Democrats began a $100,000 ad campaign accusing him of abusing a student loan program in the 80s when he ran a chain of hair care schools. Mr. Taylor settled a dispute with the federal government for $27,250 in 1999 without admitting any wrongdoing. But the real damage to Mr. Taylor appears to come from footage taken from the 80s infomercials for his company. The footage showed a younger Mr. Taylor with a beard and dressed in a John Travolta-style leisure suit, topped off with an open-necked shirt and gold chains. He was shown applying lotion to the face of a young man in a barber chair. How do you like that? Gay. Said Mike Taylor. Or no, it says, Mike Taylor, not the way we do business in Montana, a narrator in tone. How do you like that, huh? That's what he said. It puts the lotion in the basket. Republicans complained the ad uh, implied that Mr. Harris was gay, a potentially negative issue in rural and socially conservative parts of Montana. Democrats scoff at the notion they were attempting any subliminal messaging. Subliminal. They said the ad showed Mr. Taylor applying lotion to another man because it was the only footage they had, right? It puts the lotion in the basket. The explanation doesn't satisfy Democratic State Senator Ken Toole 
who chairs the state's Human Rights Network. He complained to the state Democratic Party about the ad, telling it was an overt and obvious appeal to the homophobic voter that plays on stereotyped images of gay people. Mr. Toole told the Billings Gazette that once you play these cards, inject this crap into a campaign, race, gay, nobody controls it. That's pretty much what political observers also said in 1978 when Montana AFL-CIO decided to unload on Republican Larry Williams, an investment advisor, who was running against Mr. Baucus, coincidentally enough, for the Senate. How do you like that? You're gay. The union distributed hundreds of thousands of copies of a photo taken when Mr. Williams lived in California that showed him wearing love beads and with an unkept hairdo, a sharp contrast to the button-down image he tried to convey in the Senate race. Mr. Williams claimed the photo had been taken after he had finished a long flight, but the damage was done. Charles Johnson, a journalist for the lead newspaper chain in Montana, said that at the time, some election observers credited the move as a factor in helping Baucus win the tight race. In Mr. Taylor's case, it's not clear if the Democrats were consciously playing to anti-gay prejudice. But it's surprising that Democrats refused to pull the ad even after the uproar and criticism from some of their own party members. Dory Schwinden, a Democratic campaign director, said the ad's claims about the student loan abuse were true and we stand by it 110%. Fine, but you think the Democrats might have wanted to avoid the controversy by offering to substitute some different footage of Mr. Taylor without changing the script. So Senator Baucus, now chairman of the powerful finance committee, can now cruise to a fifth term without breaking a sweat. While he personally had nothing to do with the infamous ad that prompted his opponent's withdrawal, it does seem strange that for the second time in his political career, he's benefited from the same kind of underhanded tactic. Many in Montana are saying it would be appropriate for him to chastise his friends and allies who put up the infamous ad, but they're not holding their breath. You're gay. How do you like them apples, huh? He was applying lotion <laughs> to his client's face. Something. Michael T. Clare writes, this is on Salon.com, Washington's oil politic. I can't thank that guy enough who called me at uh, whatever time it was, 9.30, 10.30, whenever it was. Hey, there's Miguel, by the way. Got a new mattress from Dollar Mattress, and they're breaking it in is what I'm hearing. It says, as is widely known, the Bush administration has initiated... Where's the beast? He must be driving awfully slow. Either that. You know what I think he's doing? He's doing the old stop and purge routine. About every ten blocks he stops it. Right out the window. <laughs> yeah. To try before he gets on the scale. Probably another one of them cruises, beast. Or maybe this week's excuse will be he's eating now. He's eating from the stress of having been thrown off the old Mo Howard show. That must be it, you know. Uh-huh. That's got to be it. As is widely known, the Bush administration has initiated planning for an American invasion of Iraq. The U.S. assault is expected to occur early next year and to entail the commitment of several hundred thousand U.S. combat troops. While strongly supported by top Republican leaders and some prominent Democrats, these plans have been condemned by many of America's closest allies and as a result have provoked a certain amount of unease among senior U.S. military officials. Why, then, is the administration so determined to proceed with the planned invasion? Several explanations have been advanced by Washington insiders to answer this question. The official view is that Saddam Hussein must be deposed before he can employ the weapons of mass destruction that he is thought to possess in some future clash with the U.S. or its allies. Some analysts also believe that the current White House leadership seeks to erase its lingering embarrassment over the first President Bush's failure to eliminate the dictator in 1991 at the end of the Persian Gulf War. These and other such explanations all contain an important element of truth, but they also leave out one critical factor, oil. There's that word again. The pursuit and protection of Middle Eastern oil has, of course, always been a significant factor in U.S. security policy. In 1980, then-President Jimmy Carter made explicit what had long been stated informally, that any hostile effort to impede the flow of Persian oil, Gulf oil would be regarded as an assault on the vital interest of the United States and, as such, would be repelled by any means necessary, including military force. This principle, dubbed by the, dubbed the uh, Carter Doctrine, was later given as the reason for American intervention in the 1991 Gulf conflict and the subsequent buildup of U.S. forces in the region. 
Because Iraq still poses a significant threat to Kuwait and Saudi Arabia, two of America's leading suppliers of oil, it continues to serve as a potential trigger for the Carter Doctrine. The fact that Iraq probably possesses chemical or biological munitions, how many such weapons remain in Iraqi hands cannot be known with any certainty because there have been no U.N. inspections there for four years, adds to but doesn't alter the basic nature of this threat. In this sense, current U.S. concern over Iraq and its uh, illicit weaponry is tied to the longstanding American policy of protecting the flow of Persian Gulf oil. But Iraq also figures in other key aspects of the global oil equation. At a time when domestic U.S. oil production is facing long-term decline and America's demand for petroleum is rising every day, the United States is becoming ever more dependent on major foreign producers like Iraq and Saudi Arabia. Iraq currently provides the U.S. with approximately 800,000 barrels of crude oil a day, or about 9% of total U.S. imports. Although the U.S. doesn't buy directly from Iraq, it acquires Iraqi crude from middlemen who trade with Baghdad under the U.N. supervised oil for food program. However, it is not the current flow of Iraqi oil that matters most in Washington, but rather the long-term equation. By 2020, according to recent uh, Department of Energy calculations, the U.S. will need to import 17 million barrels of oil per day, 6 million more barrels than today. Some of this additional oil probably will come from the oil fields in Latin America, Africa, Russia, and the Caspian Sea Basin, but most of it will have to probably come from the Persian Gulf area because only the Gulf possesses sufficient reserves to increase production substantially. Saudi Arabia, with estimated reserves of 262 billion barrels, has the greatest capacity to accelerate production, but Iraq, with 113 billion barrels, comes in second. Together with Iran, Kuwait, and the United Arab Emirates, these countries possess two-thirds of the world's known oil reserves. The Bush administration is well aware of America's and the world's growing dependence on Persian Gulf oil, and the National Energy Policy Report issued in May 2001, also known as the Cheney Report after its key author, the Vice President, the White House observed that by any estimation, Middle East oil producers will remain central to world oil security and thus will remain a primary focus of U.S. international energy policy. This means in particular convincing the Gulf states to substantially increase their daily output and to export more of their oil to the U.S. It would be impossible in theory for the U.S. to satisfy its need for increased oil supplies with added imports from Kuwait, Saudi Arabia, and UAE alone, but American officials are well aware that conflict and disorder in any of these countries or lack of adequate investment could provide, prevent the delivery of adequate supplies. It is therefore U.S. policy to, to diversify its dependency as much as possible by increasing imports from other suppliers, hence the current drive to acquire additional supplies from Russia, Nigeria, and the Caspian Sea countries. But none of these alternative producers can compare to Iran, Iraq and its capacity to boost substantial, uh, production substantially. With 113 billion barrels of proven reserves and indications of vast untapped reservoirs in as yet unexplored areas of the country, Iraq is the only country besides Saudi Arabia that can add millions of barrels per day in additional production over the next 10 to 20 years. It is for this reason that Iraq looms so significantly in America's foreign energy policy. As yet, no senior official in Washington has cited this as a reason for invading Iraq. To do so would be to eliminate whatever remaining credibility the Bush administration has in Europe and the Middle East. It could also provoke opposition in the U.S. among those who question the sacrifice of blood for oil. But there can be no doubt that the White House, made up as it is of former oil company officials, is aware of the oil situation in Iraq and the problems this will pose to successful realization of the administration's long-term energy strategy. Only by occupying Iraq and choosing its new government can the U.S. be certain that these problems will be overcome, especially now that they threw a monkey wrench in there with that Afghan oil pipeline, you know. Damn it. At this point, it's impossible for outsiders to know what exactly is driving the administration's campaign to oust Saddam Hussein. No doubt many factors are involved, some strategic, some as actually justified in this instance, can only be determined if there's a frank and open discussion of U.S. policy toward Iraq. Surely such a discussion is called for before we place the lives of our servicemen and women at risk, writes Michael T. Clare on Salon.com. And don't call me Shirley, he said. 26 after 11 at 560 WQAM on a really bizarre Friday. That's all I can tell you. As soon as we heard that drilling downstairs, we should have known. Time to bail out.
Time to get out for Columbus Day. Some Make up some story. 274 votes. The Tone O'Neill Show. It makes no difference where he is. 122. The Tone sucks. We want the callers back. 112. 41% want the callers back. Do you believe that? No. Uh, it's best from the when the show is from Miami, 21. Best from Toronto, 14. And best from Amsterdam, 3. I guess they missed that show. From Amsterdam. 26 after 11 at 560 WQAM. Am I in the right hour? Oh, yeah, I am in the right hour. You know, we all have different lifestyles. Therefore, we need different products to make us feel better and be healthier. Oleomed Mediterranean formulas are advanced combinations of pharmaceutical-grade olive oil with vitamins and minerals, herbals, and other nutrients scientifically designed to provide natural nutrient solutions to help you support specific health needs. Look for Oleomed's three new formulas, which are sleep, weight management, and coenzyme Q10, CoQ10, all using the benefits of pharmaceutical-grade olive oil. Oleomed's an outstanding new product. It's available at Publix, Eckerd's, and Walgreens. For more info, call Oleomed toll-free, 1-866-OLEOMED. You can also order Oleomed online at oleomedamerica.com. And if you visit your nearest Publix and purchase an Oleomed product in Broward or Dade counties, you'll receive a coupon for a free Larry Coker bobblehead dial while supplies last. And who wouldn't want at least a dozen of those? Don't forget to visit their sampling pavilion at Sports Town every Sunday when the Dolphins are playing home games, too. Pick up free Oleomed samples and product information. Start feeling healthy right now. Get some Oleomed and start popping it into your puss today. This is Sports Radio 560 QAM. And it's, I am a pussy. Jesus Christ. Uh, Jimmy and Danny. Uh, Jimmy and Danny. Danny and Jimmy. Danny and Jimmy. Jimmy and Danny. Danny and Jimmy. Jimmy and Danny. 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 Miramar, hello? Oh, yeah, can you hear me okay? I got a question about uh, Jimmy and Danny situation. Oh, uh, yeah, uh, Jimmy and Danny. Jimmy, uh, Jimmy, 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 Jimmy and Danny. David Woodley. Uh, Jimmy and Danny. 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 Jimmy and
Number 32, that was by request, by the way. And that's one of the great bits you'll find, not only Mo Bits on there, but Restitution Song and uh, Danny and Jimmy on the new Bull Brian CD. Restitution and uh, Mo Bits, Volume 1, which you can buy on NeilRogers.com. You can click on it right now and purchase maybe the greatest CD in the history of the human race. That's what everybody in the building is saying, uh-huh. except maybe Mo and uh, Gildy. That Gildy, man, I'll tell you, I don't know what to do about that, Charles. I don't know. Eh. 286 votes on there. The Tone O'Neill Show, it makes no difference where he is, 127. The Tone sucks. We want the callers back, 115, a little over 40%. It's best from Miami. Like right now, when he's in Miami, does it sound technically any different than I'm sitting here? No. Oh. 23. Best from... See, it would seem to me that it would sound better when I'm in Toronto because I'm in a much better frame of mind and better mood, at least if these last two days are any barometer. Maybe they don't like that. See, that's the old crowd again. They like me to be pissed off and fired up. They don't want me to be so mellow. Best from Miami, 23. Best from Toronto, 16. Best from Amsterdam, 3. Those are the ones that heard that show that day. Hey, listen, don't blame me. I can't help it if I was a sick child all summer long, okay? Now, what, what is this? Tobacco, uh, smoke, and vote. Uh, get out of here. Don't be propagandizing to me about uh, protecting uh, secondhand smoke. Blow it out your ass, okay? I'm sitting here smoking a big, fat stogie, and if anybody don't like it, too bad. Too stinking bad, all you non-smoking fanatics. Smoking's bad for you, but this business about becoming militant about it, you make me sick. So don't be sending me stuff. Vote yes. And then he said, like, all these people that want to manipulate what I, uh, I'm saying on the air here ain't going to happen, baby. I've seen most of you, and believe me, you're not manipulating this kid. And what I say either. Study. Israel leads in ignoring Security Council resolutions. Israel holds the record for ignoring United Nations Security Council resolutions, according to a study by San Francisco University political science professor Stephen Zunas. On the eve of a possible U.S.-British assault on Iraq, Zunas decided to examine in depth one of the main arguments used by the Bush administration to justify changing the Baghdad regime, Iraq's deliberate refusal to implement U.N. Security Council resolutions. He systematically went through all the states given instructions by the Security Council to find out how common the phenomenon was. His results were somewhat surprising. Some of the countries are considered and are known to be friendly to the U.S., he told Haaretz yesterday in Israel paper. In the vast majority of cases I examined, the governments violating U.N. Security Council resolutions are countries that receive significant military, diplomatic, and financial aid from the U.S. of A. Israel leads that list. Since 1968, Israel has violated 32 resolutions that included condemnation or criticism of the government's policies and actions. Turkey is in second place with 24 violations since 1974, and Morocco is in third with 17 resolutions it be ignoring. Newsday newspaper published their ranking yesterday, but Zunas said he did not rank the states and claimed it was newspaper that came up with the grades. According to Zunas, out of some 1,500 U.N. security resolutions passed since 1947, 90 were openly, blatantly, and continually violated without the governments being held accountable for their actions. Zunas specifically avoided counting resolutions that are vague or unclear so that the governments could claim different interpretations to the meaning of the resolutions. Thus, the famous U.N. Security Council resolutions 242 and 338 are not even included in this study. He also didn't count resolutions that only included condemnations. Instead, he focused on those that included specific calls for changes in the subject government policies. The resolutions Israel violated were either about its annexation of East Jerusalem or settlements in the territories. Israel also secured UN, or ignored rather, U.N. Security Council resolutions that called for Israel to cease urging harsh measures against the Palestinian population and to cease expelling Palestinians. In response, Israel's deputy chief of mission at the U.N., Aaron Yaakov, said yesterday that there are big differences between the decisions that refer to Israel and those that refer to Iraq. Israel is the only democracy in the region and is fighting for its existence, while Iraq is a brutal dictatorship that attacked its neighbors and violates human rights, including the use of chemical weapons against its own citizens, he said. Oh. 
Well, in that case. In that case, then uh, that makes it kosher. Right. I guess. It's a brutal democracy. By the way, speaking of uh, kosher, Rudy Giuliani says, all you greaseballs out there, get over the Sopranos. Repeat after Rudy. This is on CNN.com. Repeat after Rudy. It's just a television show. It's just a television show. Former Mayor Rudy Giuliani weighed in yesterday whether cast members of HBO's The Sopranos should march in the Columbus Day Parade and the ex-prosecutors on the side of the television mob, it says. Of course, we know his name ends in a vowel. I'm a big Sopranos fan, Giuliani told reporters. The show is a terrific show, and I'd urge some Italian-Americans to be less sensitive. You could spend your whole life wanting to be, waiting to be insulted, wanting to be. Why would you want to be insulted? His comments came a day after Mayor Michael Bloomberg drew criticism from parade organizers for inviting Dominic Cianese, who plays Tony Soprano's uncle Junior, on the show, and Lorraine Bracco, who plays psychiatrist Jennifer Melfi, to march in the city's annual celebration of Italian parade, pride, whatever. I think we'll all get beyond it when we just relax more about it, Giuliani said. It's just a show. Now, isn't that the day when they, like, all the streets in New York get, like, slide with olive oil? They smear it on up and down all the streets? Gallons, barrels of it. Parade organizers dislike the Sopranos because they say it's little more than a negative caricature of Italian-American life. The Columbus Citizens Foundation, which planned the event, previously has turned down requests for Sopranos actors to participate. <coughs> oh, those stogies will kill you, man. What did I tell you? No smoking. Oh, get a little champion light in me. I didn't invite them as members of the Sopranos. Well, I said that yesterday. We had that. Larry Ariana, president of the foundation, said the show perpetuates negative stereotypes. Beside the whole crime element, it shows Italo-Americans as uneducated, low-life brutes, he said. Giuliani disagreed. <coughs> Rudy says, I don't think we should feel sorry for ourselves. Italian-Americans have this thing they have to deal with where people may have some prejudices because of the mafia, which they shouldn't have. But Giuliani said he can't march in the parade because he'll be in California signing copies of his new book, Leadership and Campaigning for Bill Simon, a Republican candidate for governor. You see what an egotistical little prick he is? He swings open the door there, ta-da, like we're supposed to have a, a, a drum roll. Now, don't play any uh, ta-da, okay, for the beast, okay? Because I heard the real reason he got kicked off that morning show. What did he say? He's unprofessional. He, he's unprofessional is what I hear. He's unprofessional. He's not a broadcaster. He doesn't belong in there. I don't want him talking on my show. You got it? Get him out of there. Let him do the updates, and that's the end of that. Do not let him be on my show, goddammit. Gildy, I'm going to cut your balls off and then fire your ass, too. Yeah, he was out in the hallway this morning, Gildy. Not, not, it was kind of a chilly reception I got after all this time I've been away. Haven't seen him in a dog's age. I saved a guy's job for him, even with his squeaky voice. Even after the way he tried to stab Jugs McDonald in the back there and go after his job there and a radio play-by-play job. Okay, the beast is... Now, this deserves a drum roll, this part. See, I agree with that. Beast is getting on the scale, ladies and gentlemen. Balance for life. Is he in balance or not a balance? Most is he's unbalanced. Oh, wait a minute. Okay. Which, what was it last week? The note's right there. Oh. Uh, three pounds. Oh. All right. So he lost back the two pounds he had gained back and another uh, whatever. Two twenty-eight and a half. Don't forget to update it. We'll lose track. See, you're another one. He's telling me what to do now. Don't you think I'm capable of writing that on there and of chewing gum and sitting here squeezing my ass at the same time? Don't you think I can do that? I don't know. Let's see. And listening to all that drilling and hammering going on around. I can handle it. And taking a few calls, two hour at it. Let's take a few calls. It's Not... a carpet thing downstairs. That's what's going on. I, I don't give a crap what it is. I don't care what they're doing. It is so unacceptable and so freaking outrageous. I'm going to call my good friend President Bush and have him do something about it. I'm going to call uh, Condoleezza is what I'm going to do if he don't cut the crap out. That's Schwarza. So 228 and a half, the beast is lost. He started at 289, is that correct? 
284. And see, I'm pretty good at math. Now, let's see. 56 and a half pounds is what it is, right? 55 and a half. Let's not get too carried away. 284 and 228 and a half. And since you haven't seen him in a while, can't you tell? No. The dif- no? He yeah, used to be of course round. I can tell the difference. I don't. I mean, am I some kind of a moron? Yes. <laughs> hey, don't put him on the air, whatever you do. Okay, he's unprofessional. He's a little uh, Schmidt disturber. I love eating nuts. And he uh, consorts with those guys that I met. They show that Jizz Guzzler and that uh, little uh, guava eating spick. He consorts with them. So don't, whatever you do, put him on the goddamn air, okay? Don't ever put him on my show again or you're fighting it. Okay? Guilty? You suck hole. And don't be talking to that fat uh, juice slob in the hallway either, okay? Because it'll get back to me. Yeah, we got a real deal going on in this place, boys and girls. I'll tell you, man. So nice going there. The beast uh, came back. And tell your parents no more goddamn cruises, okay? Tell them next time they schlep your uh, fat ass on a cruise, you're going to throw them both overboard. Just leave the checkbook, that's all. Throw their ass overboard. Here this guy is working. and done a, a damn good job over all these months. And you know what that reminds me of? During the break, I'm going to put my shrooms in the uh, microwave, my snack. I'm going to have my lunch. Because I'm back on Balance for Life myself. And next week, all next week on Channel 4 on that uh, on the 5 and 6 o'clock news, they're doing those series on different diets. They're doing Atkins this week. Next week, Balance for Life. Maybe they can have the beast on there. What do you say? Don't put him on there. He's unprofessional. Don't be putting him on television, goddammit. In fact, we can have the beast wearing Moe's wig. I think that would be that would be something. I, I would tune in and watch that special. I'd tape it. Get a 90 share. The beast wearing Moe's piece. 18 till noon at 560 WQM. Is there still anybody out there who's not plunging their lungs at VIPSportsbook.com? I feel bad if that's the case. Let me tell you, you're missing out on a really great sports book. That's what Gary Sarner says, and you know about Gary. He's an asshole. You hear a lot of ads these days, but you need to do some research before you plunk your cash down at some unstable third-world sports book. Let me help you out. VIPSportsbook.com is the only book to be unanimously endorsed by the industry watchdogs. They're Dutch-based, like in a real country with real living and breathing cheap people, and one of the first online sports books ever. So if you want to go on the roll of a lifetime, if you're hoping to anyway, you want to be at that time of the best sports book out there, VIPSportsbook.com, so you know you're going to wind up with your cash. And, of course, with the football swinging big time and the Hurricanes play another girls' school, FSU, this weekend, uh, and all the other games going on, you want to be with the best, like I said, VIPSportsbook.com. Open an account online and get yourself a 15% cash sign-up bonus. And did I mention they got the highest parlay odds you'll find anywhere on the face of the globe up to 2001. So before Armageddon strikes, get that plunging in while it's hot. Get over to VIPSportsbook.com. Come and play at a book with some real class. Call toll free to sign up at 1 866 VIP Bets. That's 1 866 VIP B E T S. Or get that 15% cash bonus by signing up online at VIPSportsbook.com where you be the VIP. Live, Live and local. Here's Sports Radio 560 QAM. Yellow teeth so far apart. Condoleezza, Condoleezza, what you be doing? Get the old fascist like that token Schwarzer's dog. Is you dead cause you a high-toned boot-lip Negro? Is you the blackie and your mammy who be smart? Shine their shoes, Condoleezza. 
On the way you wash and talk the whitest cars. Georgie Jr. said he trusts you, Condoleezza. To sell our allies on the greedy oil wall. But then he make you clean all the White House bathrooms. The tub, the sink, the toilet, and then scrub the floor. They tell you don't wear sandals, Condoleezza. No. Your cold chip toenails make them want a wretched fuse. <laughs> Your nappy leg hair look just like it be Velcro. The GOP want you to be their token stew. One day while you be flipping pancakes, you may realize that they treating you just like your Esther oh, That's man. when your head will move from side to side Condoleezza It tell Bush and Rummy They be cracker assholes Tom, tell me at 560 You know, the guy that uh, got shot at that mobile At that Exxon station I'm sorry, well, same difference now Exxon and mobile The guy that uh, got shot He died? Yes so we got another uh, dead person shot by a crazy-ass sniper there in Fredericksburg, Maryland. And I didn't see the press conference. Did I miss it, or has he just not come out yet, the Moose Man, Mr. Moose? Hadn't I seen saw it? something, but it looked the same as it did every other day, and I'm sure he wasn't going to say anything. Did he have his antlers on? Well, he never says anything, except when a kid got shot. And he said, now you've crossed the line, you know. And I, and I looked the next day in the paper, the ages of the different There was one young woman who was, like, in her early 20s, 23 or 4, and then there was that 72-year-old woman. And I keep asking myself, I don't, I don't understand that. I just don't get that. Their lives weren't worth as much. I see. Officials say tanker likely attacked off Yemen. You know, like I told you before, they keep changing their story. First, we knew it was a, a terrorist attack, and then, well, uh, let's not say that. A fiery explosion aboard that French oil tanker in the Arabian Sea resulted from an attack on the ship. U.S. and French officials concluded yesterday the Americans said it was an act of terrorism most likely carried out by people with links to al-Qaeda. Investigators from France, Yemen, and the United States have been trying to determine what caused the blaze Sunday in the Limburg that killed one crew member and sent 90,000 barrels of oil pouring into the Gulf of Aden. It's become clear that it's an act of terrorism, a U.S. intelligence official in Washington said yesterday, on the condition, of course, of anonymity. Al-Qaeda would consider an oil tanker an economic target, the official said. Recent statements from Al-Qaeda leaders would have suggested attacks on economic targets are imminent. The attack bears a number of similarities to the suicide boat strike on USS Cole in October 2002, the official said. And we say to that, no Schmidt. Wow. How do you like that? It bears a striking similarity. I mean, are we sharp or what? Are we on top of it? Kind of like been there, done that, seen it. How many votes we got on that poll now, on the tone of the show? I don't know. I think we're finally getting back on the swing of it here, a little bit. After a very hesitant start this morning with all that drilling going on on the floor. 320 votes. The tone of the uh, Neil show is, it makes no difference where he does the show from 142. The tone sucks. We want the callers back. 131, about 41%. That's way up from what it used to be, by the way. So do we believe it? Not necessarily. No. Well, I, I took some calls. Don't you think I took enough? That one guy got me all uh, right. uh, pissed off and fired up. Take. Huh? Yeah. Of course, he wanted to talk about hockey. Not. He wanted to talk about as much about hockey as Mo wants to talk about hockey. That's right. Not. Because he doesn't know anything about it. He's too goddamn lazy to go there. He makes one uh, one appearance 
last season, toward the end of the season, they gave him a freebie to come there, of course, and wined and dined and, you know, kissed his toes, kissed his ring, sat around for one period making an appearance, showing his presence, and then got up and hauled ass. That's it. Lazy. Lazy and old. And, of course, when you get to be that age, I guess you become lazier, you know, when you get to be in your 70s. Uh, the tone sucks. We want the callers back. 131, 41%. It's best when it's from Miami. Like right now, 25. Man, is it good or what? I don't, I don't see, you know. Well, you're more aggravated. Oh, but yeah, you're right about that. Best from Toronto, 16. That's what I voted. And best from Amsterdam, 4. Now, why would that be? I, I don't know. Well, that's Donors? right. I forgot. You can't get that good weed in uh, Toronto. Right. Can you? <laughs> yeah, you can. Kuwaiti group plan more attacks. The two Kuwaitis who attacked U.S. Marines this week were part of a group that planned more assaults on the Americans, an Interior Ministry official said today. However, no connection with Osama, Yamama bin Laden's al-Qaeda terror network has been established yet, the official said, on condition of anonymity. Questioning of some 60 suspects and eyewitnesses in Tuesday shooting that killed one Marine injured another had led to a cell of around 15 people that was headed by Anus al-Kandari. There he is again, famous Anus. One of the attackers, the official said. Well, we sure like his cookies, though. In fact, let's just go blow his brains out and then we'll steal his cookies. Al-Kandari, 21, and his 26-year-old cousin, Jassim al-Hajiri, both Muslim extremists who trained and fought in Afghanistan, drove up and opened fire on the Marines, taking a break from urban assault training on the island of Falika, Falaka, 10 miles off the coast. Well, we know that. We know it. And then they keep, they keep waffling back and forth. Not that they don't tell us the truth, of course. You do understand that, don't you? Sure. Good. White van seen bumping vehicles leaving the scene of that shooting in uh, Fredericksburg. A white van again. Now, do you think the white van is probably headed out I-95 right now? I don't know. You think they got a radio with, a like, a news station on there in that van? Oh. You think they got any more of those cute tarot cards? See, when they find that white van, I mean, I don't want to get to be one of these uh, violent people, one of these angry, but, you know, I just blow their crap away right now. You know, just find the van and kill them. Maybe they'll resist. Oh, good. We can only hope. Ah, damn it. It looked like they were going to resist. Oh, the wrong van? Well, <laughs> oh. so I think that's a good lesson for all you people out there. Don't be filling up. Uh, a ga Don't be pumping your gas. Don't be pumping no ethyl at, uh, at a station near the highway. Right? Right. Although, of course, it's all confined up in that area so far. So far. So far, so bad. Passenger with box cutters pleads to lesser charge and will return to Bulgaria. I guess that's a fate worse than you. Know, that's a good punishment. A Bulgarian law student who attempted to board a plane in Atlantic City last month with two box cutters and scissors struck a plea agreement yesterday that calls for him to leave the country. <coughs> Good, when in doubt, ship him out. Nikolay V. Zonev, what is that? That's a box cutter. Oh. Zonev, 21, pleaded guilty of knowingly and willfully violating airport rules. Under the agreement with prosecutors, he was sentenced to five years probation in order to leave the country. Zonev had been charged with attempting to board a plane with a concealed weapon, which carries a penalty of up to ten years in federal prison. If you missed uh, the call earlier on the show when we were taking some really neat calls, not, we had some asshole that called in and said, oh, yeah, well, you know, those calls really get ponderous, and, hey, we got things changing now. It's hockey season, and, uh, you know, plus, it gets really ponderous every day hearing all these stories about Bush did this. Just a Bush looker, man, a professional Bush looker who's, who thinks that he can call and influence me and tell me what I'm going to talk about on this show, like I'm going to lay off these fascist bastards in Washington. You can hold your breath real long and hard on that one, baby. Somebody's got to open up a mouth. Jesus, K. Cray, and that's why I do read these comes because they're all from people who have the balls to open up a mouth and tell it like it is, instead of goose-stepping the goddamn party line. 
Al-Qaeda tapes prompt FBI warning. Now, I read this, but I don't know what color we're under today. Do you? Yellow. Are you sure? Yes. How do you know that? I saw a thing. It was yellow? Yeah. Maybe it was Moe's hairpiece. It's comedian, you know. It changes by the day. <laughs> Certain day, yeah. The FBI's warning state and local authorities that recent taped statements by al-Qaeda leaders may signal that another attack on the U.S. has been approved. CBS News National Security Correspondent Dave Martin reports that al-Qaeda's got a track record of releasing statements by its leaders just before major attacks like the Afrikun Embassy bombings in 1998. The White House said yesterday there were no plans to raise the terror alert level because of the al-Zawari tape, reports CBS News Correspondent John Roberts. It is presently at yellow. See, just like I just said. It's presently a yellow, significant risk because officials don't have any specific information detailing where and when an attack may occur. Yellow is the third highest level of five threats. Let's see, we got yellow and then what? Orange and red. Right? I know my yes. colors, man. That's why I read USA Today a lot, because I know my colors. But what's below the yellow? Um, green would be uh, at the bottom. No, blue is at the bottom. Code blue is at the bottom? Green's the next one down. But I thought we just had code blue in Virginia. No, I think green is at the bottom. And if you got code blue in the hospital, then you got somebody dying over here. Green you know is at the bottom. You're right. Dying. Uh-huh. Hey, you know something? You better know your color. I'm going to get the bridge tender on oh, your oh. ass because you sure don't know your colors, mister. Idiotic. Yeah, what the hell's wrong with you? You better get with it. Yeah, I like the tone of the show better here, you know, because I get much more aggravated. I like the tone of these corn chips I got from Balance for Life. I'm going to like the tone of those uh, damn shrooms I got in there, those uh, whatever the hell they were. I forget what it said on the air. All the food I've had has been magnificent. I had the Mongolian beef the other day. Oh, that's the best. Mm. In spite of the broccoli. Man. And, of course, you know the kind of idiot that invented Mongolian beef. A Mongol? A Mongolian idiot. It's 11.56 at 5.60 WQM. 337 votes on the poll. Let's get that Boca Brian CD up to 100 CDs sold by the end of the week, okay? Quit just downloading and uh, stealing it. We know what you're up to. We know the kind of crap that you assholes pull. You cheap bastards, you. What's, how much is he charging for? 15 bucks? Well worth, know, well worth it at 10 times the price. Let's get with it. Anybody that wouldn't want all those Mo bits, my God, enough to make you crap your pants. It's your work for Mo, I'll tell you that. <laughs> Looked like he had uh, another one of them London broils in his pants this morning. Hey, Pompano Park is doing it this weekend, baby. Post time tonight for Live Racing 715. And, uh, or just maybe a boil, not a, a broil. Big, big boil. Of course, when you get raped that often, I guess you do get boils on your ass. You know what? 7.15 post time on uh, Friday and Saturday, including tonight. For, for the first time in the 40-year history of the track, there will be free clubhouse and grandstand admission all season long. <laughs> and as always, see, this is another reason I hate being back here. i got to watch this idiot over there with a red in the face, crawling or bouncing off the table in there. Just calm down. There's nothing so funny. When you get to be in your 80s, you'll have uh, brown stains in your pants, too, like Mo. In fact, based on the number of craps you take every day, in about a week you pray. In fact, when you see that that contract don't show up, talk about old General Yellowstone. There are two new wagers this season. Come play the Super Super with a ten thousand dollar bonus payout, or or try with one of the two pick four wagers at Pompano Park. Are they going to start that crap again downstairs? They got another hour. Tonight is Sea Escape Night. There will be free prize drawings to win one of ten trips for two on the Sea Escape Casino Dinner Cruise Night or the second leg of the Sea Escape Pacing Series. Also on a program tonight at Pompano Park, the $50,000 stallion stakes for two-year-old trotters. Tomorrow night, the $70,000 sales stakes for two-year-old pacers and the second leg of the fall debut pacing series. I see Kevin Wallace is back. How's it going, eh, Kevin? 
This is the last week Pompano Park will be open only two nights, because starting next week, Wednesday, October 16, Pompano Park will be open three nights a week for you, Wednesday, Friday, and Saturday, for your plunging pleasure. And the sixth floor down top of the park dining room starts up on Wednesday with its great new menu, Fine Dining, and every night that we have live racing, which will be Wednesday, Friday, and Saturday. And, of course, simulcasting every day, seven days a week, and nights starting at noon. Pompano Park, where they're plunging uh, like crazy. Don't forget, post time tonight and every night, 7.15 p.m. And local. This is Sports Radio 560. QAQAM. Well, uh, it be the 12 to 1 hour on WQAM. Hey, man, it's John Walker Lind, the American Taliban. <laughs> Let's just say without getting into specifics, I'll be very happy when this year is finally over. I'm facing 20 years in prison. I'm coming to terms with the fact that I'm a traitor. I'm even starting to deal with issues of abandonment with my parents. But that's not the worst of it, dude. Today, I pick up the paper, and they accuse me of... There's no delicate way to say this. Snorkeling Pakistani weenus. They say I was the lover of some business dude named Kazar Hayat. I will say this, I remember this guy only slightly. I, I think I met him in Frisco while I was getting my high colonic. <laughs> you know, you don't want a messy house when there's a chance of unexpected company. <laughs> but this whole thing is a real bailiwaggle, brah. After reading the story and answering four to five hundred phone calls with people asking me to give Cyclops a back rub, I finally realized this might be my father. Huh, or maybe it was me. I sure as hell couldn't do it now, though. I'm so freaking loaded with Zoloft, my compass is permanently pointing south. <laughs> I'm not ruling out the fact that I could be turned on by some man can. Like, I'm not saying I wouldn't have checked this guy out in the shower, but you gotta remember, us Taliban, we didn't take showers, dude. I couldn't run from the stink of me fast enough. So, to surmise, not quite sure the story's accurate, not quite sure it's not. Woohoo! It's 1204 at 560-WQM. How do we get so far behind? By the way, Rich Pactor, i got a message for you. Jesus Christ. Yeah, that's a message. How many times does he have to fax me the same thing? Until you read it. I, I was going to read it, and I'm going to read it. Although I will say this, I appreciate it, because I got this from several different people. The problem being that each copy I had, including the one he sent earlier, didn't come out right for whatever reason. Maybe the fax is like fixing itself, you think? Because I noticed the pages aren't pouring out of there anymore. I think Duff gave it that evil look. You know, he gave it the evil eye. Yeah. Anyway, and also, uh, Rich Pactor, quit uh, picking on poor Eric. He writes on here at the bottom, and Neil, tell Breakfast Burrito Boy that the title is The Restitution Song, not kissing N blank this morning, schmuck. You can write nigger on there, okay? I mean, what? what? No, I, I, evidently he must have put something on the website that uh, it tells what songs are in there. I don't know. And he's all bent out of shape because now being a celebrity, since he wrote the liner notes on the back of the CD, Rich Pactor, now he's getting very bent out of shape with Fat Erica. Well, you leave his breakfast burrito alone, okay, you idiot? Everything Eric put on there he got from Boca Brian. Right, so blame that uh, bald-headed geek, okay? You're always, always giving him grief anyway. He's on the way in, Boca Brian. He'll be here. Unless he stops at the gas station. Anyway, the article says, the bottom line is, I don't trust this president and his advisors. Not every Democrat has caved to Bush's mark. Uh, Marshall Fervor, Representative Pete Stark, makes it stunningly clear why he voted against the Iraq War resolution. And this, um, uh, it's short. 
is the fiery statement delivered on the floor of the House uh, Wednesday by California veteran Democrat Representative Pete Stark. You go, Pete. Oh. Let's hear it for Pete. He says, Mr. Speaker, I rise in opposition to this resolution authorizing military force against Iraq. I'm deeply troubled that lives may be lost without a meaningful attempt to bring Iraq into compliance without, with U.N. resolutions through careful and cautious diplomacy. The bottom line is I don't trust this president and his advisors. Make no mistake, we're voting on a resolution that grants total authority to the president who wants to invade a sovereign nation without any specific act of provocation. This would authorize the United States to act as the aggressor for the first time in our history. It sets a precedent for our nation or any nation to exercise brute force anywhere in the world without regard to international law or international consensus. Congress must not walk in lockstep behind a president who has been so callous to proceed without reservation as if war was of no real consequence. You know, three years ago in December, Molly Ivins, an observer of Texas politics, wrote, For an upper-class white boy, Bush comes on way too hard at a guess to make up for being an upper-class white boy. Somebody, she said, should be worrying about how all this could affect his handling of future encounters with some Saddam Hussein. How prophetic, Ms. Hi uh, Ivins. I think it's supposed to say with someone like, but again, it's chopped off here at the edges. Let us not forget that our president, our commander-in-chief, has no experience with or knowledge of war. In fact, he admits that he was at best, at best ambivalent about the Vietnam War. He skirted his own military service and then failed to serve out his time in the National Guard. And he reported years later that at the height of the conflict in 1968, he didn't notice any heavy stuff going on. He didn't notice any heavy stuff. You want to know why? Because maybe some of the heavy stuff was going up his nose. So we have a president who thinks foreign territory is the opponent's dugout and cashmere is a sweater. What is most unconscionable is that there's not a shred, of, a shred of evidence to justify the certain loss of life. Do the generalized threats and half-truths of this administration give any one of us in Congress the confidence to tell a mother or father or family that the loss of their child or loved one was in the name of a just cause? Is the president's need for revenge for the threat once posed to his father enough to justify the death of any American? I submit the answer to these questions is no. Aside from the wisdom of going to war as Bush wants, I'm troubled by who pays for his capricious adventure into world domination. The administration admits to a cost of around $200 billion. Now wealthy individuals won't pay. They've got big tax cuts already. Corporations won't pay. They'll cook the books and move overseas and then send their contributions to Republicans. Rich kids won't pay. Their daddies will get them deferments as Big George did for W. Who then will pay? School kids will pay. There'll be no money to keep them from being left behind, way behind. Seniors will pay. They'll pay big time as the Republicans privatize Social Security and rob the trust fund to pay for the capricious war. Medicare will be curtailed and drugs will be more unaffordable. And there won't be any money for a drug benefit because Bush will spend it all on the war. Working folks will pay through loss of job security and bargaining rights. Our grandchildren will pay through the degradation of our air and water quality. And the entire nation will pay as Bush continues to destroy civil rights, women's rights, and religious freedom in a rush to phony patriotism and courting the messianic Pharisees of the religious right. The questions before the members of this House and to all Americans are immense, but there are clear answers. America is not con are currently confronted by a genuine, proven, imminent threat from Iraq. Their call for war is wrong. And what greatly saddens me at this point in our history is my fear that this entire spectacle has not been planned for the well-being of the world, but for the short-term political interest of our president. Now, I'm also greatly disturbed that many Democratic leaders have also put political calculation ahead of the president's accountability to truth and reason by supporting this resolution. But I conclude that the only answer is to vote no on the resolution before us, said the Democratic Representative Pete Stark on Wednesday. Nice going there, Pete. You go. Absolutely correct, sir. Right on, sweetheart. Oh, yeah, but it's so boring here. Yeah. No, it's better hearing Lardass and all those other right-wing, those goose-stepping Nazis on the air. Much better hearing them sucking up and making crap up as they go along. God forbid that anybody should deal with the truth, because just like Jack Nicholson said, something about uh, the truth. Something about uh, Tom Cruise and Matt Damon. 
Ben Affleck. Oh, and this Ben Affleck uh, J-Lo thing, is there anybody who believes that one? What did I tell you about her? Whatever. Yeah, you did. And what did I tell you about him and uh, Matt Damon, which yeah, you, yeah, I, I never did. believed that. And I sure would like to watch. It's, uh, <laughs> where is the cop? I'm so disorganized here, man. This this place sucks, you know, it really does. This is bad. And they're saying that the show, the tone is better from Miami? You should live so long, folks. You better you better learn your tones, mister, because you sure as hell don't. Right. Ten past noon at 560 WQM. We all have different lifestyles, therefore need different products to make us feel better and be healthier. Oleum and Mediterranean formulas are advanced combinations of pharmaceutical-grade olive oil combined with good stuff. Vitamins are in there, minerals, herbals, and other nutrients scientifically designed to provide natural nutrition solutions to help you support specific health needs. Look for Oleomed's three new formulas, which are sleep, weight management, and coenzyme Q10, all using the benefits of pharmaceutical-grade olive oil. Oleomed's an outstanding new product. It's good for you. It's available at Publix and Eckerd's and Walgreens. If you'd like more information, call them toll-free, 1-866-OLEOMED. That's 1-866-653-6633. You can also order Oleomed products online at oleomedamerica.com. And if you visit your nearest Publix and purchase an Oleomed product in Broward and Dade counties, you can receive a coupon for a free Larry Coker bobblehead doll oh! while supplies last. Don't forget to visit their sampling pavilion at Sportstown every Sunday when the Dolphins are playing a home game. Pick up free Oleomed samples and product information. Start feeling healthy again like as in right now. Get some Oleomed and start feeling great today. My and local. This is Sports Radio 560. UAM. Bang you in the butt, honey. He got Italian suits, custom made cowboy boots, and Italian. That way we want to make them buy them. It's a 12:15 at 5:60 WQM. Boca Brian's here with a lovely hairpiece, by the way. That thing is just uh, incredible. It's a piece of hair, all right. It's a piece of something. <laughs> yeah. In fact, you know something that's kind of the color of a piece of something. Brindle. 359 votes on the survey so far about the tone of the world famous Neil Rogers shows. We try to get this tone straightened out, okay? Oh, I know a tone they'd like. Yeah. How's that tone? Oh, that's the Sandy Payton tone. Uh, it makes no difference where he's doing the shit. See, the, the whole, I don't think the question was phrased properly. You think? Sure. It makes no difference where he is, 156. The tone sucks. We want the callers back. 147, still 41%. I think about 100 of those are crank. Best from Miami, 30. Best from Toronto, 20. And best from Amsterdam, 4. I guess if I would have done more shows from Amsterdam, they would have had more votes, right? 
No question. Although it couldn't have been very good because I was uh, breathing that awful air there and choking and gagging, at least on two of those shows, in between having a flu and being sick all of the time. What, what is that? Is that That's Petey Lenny's hand dot, in the door? How could, how could you know that? Who, what other asshole would be doing something like that? What other moron would be doing that instead of outselling the show since we have so many avails on his show? What other schmuck would be uh, have a stick? Get him out of here. Slam the door on his hand, okay, Braboka? Slam the uh, door on his thing. Schmuck. You see, you know what the problem is? I gave him a little bit of encouragement because the joke about the, the about the skunk in Screwan's crotch, that was kind of amusing, you know? That isn't quite the way he told it, but I, yeah. I, I still think it, it's old. It is old, but it's kind of cute. What about the smell? He won't mind. Yeah, what, what's wrong with that? Okay, this is not even slightly amusing, this thing. And this is Skippy the Clown. What, what, what is this supposed to mean? Skippy the Clown. I know we got Skippy in the sale. Is that what it's supposed to be? I, I guess. What's the sign on his hand there? Please help me. I see. And I, it looks to me like he's been getting plenty of ashes, and it's probably from that little uh, idiot Todd Dreck. In fact, Todd's probably had him over at Steve M's house in Davie. Maybe uh, this weekend you can take Boca Bryan over to Steam's uh, house in Davie. Petey I knew where it was. Well, Petey, Petey will tell you. In fact, you should, when he opened the door there, you should say, give us some important stuff, like Steve M's phone number. Now, how about this? New Hampshire Diocese will pay. I already had this story on. You folks got to listen a little more closely, okay? You're wasting our fax paper with stories I already had. I appreciate it very, very much. Not, but uh, cut the crap. And here's a fax for George. See, I see the kind of stuff that goes on when I'm not here now because they think you're the one that's peeling these faxes off the machine. George ain't in here, okay? He's back in his little room there, his broom closet with Volker Bryan and his wig, which is starting to move around a little bit. Now, is that the same old one that you just gave a haircut to? Yes. Oh, I thought the old one was, like, more blondish. No, no, that, that's it. Maybe kind of like give it a little <laughs> dunk in a septic tank to change the color a little bit. That, that's a... <laughs> oh, that's it. That is you, man. That is you. Pick up your head a second. Oh, is that? <laughs> it's Ted Koppel. It is sensational. Ted Koppel and Howdy Doody. All wrapped into one ball of schmutz. Anyway, this is from DJ Valentine. Oh, good guy. Says uh, this website, I get a majority of my info, superherohype.com. Well, what is this baby crap all about? Oh, it's about the uh, the poll that we did. Oh. So there's a fax for it. It'll be in the wastebasket if you want okay. to take it out. There's one for Defoe in there, too. Oh, here's a bad story. This is depressing. Although the guy was pretty old, you know. A real estate lawyer with oral and bladder cancer died less than three months after winning a $37.5 million jury award against three major, uh, major cigarette makers. He was 77. This is from Coral Gables, no less. John Lukacs, who had testified in June, knowing he wouldn't li likely live long enough to see any of the award, died at his home Monday. And here it is Friday, and the APs just get around to this now. The award came in a compensatory damage claim that grew out of a $145 billion punitive verdict covering all sick Florida smokers two years ago. These multi-billion dollar claims against the tobacco companies, this is ludicrous. And I'll say it again. If only, I mean, this shows you the kind of Looney Tunes country we live in. Every day, that article yesterday, or Wednesday, in USA Today, about fat. And then we had it again on the show yesterday. More and more people were getting fatter by the second. You can almost see us, like, expanding right before your eyes. If they would only force the food manufacturers to put on the goddamn labels, the dangers and the skull and crossbones on there, and the sugar and all the uh, hidden carbs and all the other crap, the refined carbohydrate garbage that's making everybody balloon up to, like, gigantic size, then there might be some credibility there. But they don't give a crap. In addition to which, last time I checked, cigarettes aren't illegal. They're not illegal. So how can you sue somebody for a product that's been approved for commercial sale 
and then say, well, you're killing us and you didn't uh, give us enough information. If you're that stupid that you can't read the warning on there, it says, if you smoke this faggot, you're going to die. If that isn't enough for you, then uh, what can I tell you? I have no sympathy for those people. It's like people that eat like tubs and tubs of Nestle's uh, turtle ice cream, you know. Tastes good. Tastes a lot better than them damn stinky faggots that people are smoking. Although I will say this cigar, considering how old this is, you know. Yeah, it's been in there. Been in there for, for a coon's age. Because we haven't had any new cigars in a while. We don't have any cigar sponsors on this show anymore, and I won't take any. Not that we're you know, going to get any, but I'm just, I wouldn't take any. Because smoking anything is bad for you, other than that wicked weed. Now, we will have Steve M. doing some spots starting next week, I think. I think Todd traded it out. And you know what they say about Todd. He's stupid. Mm -hmm. Five, six, seven. Let's take some more calls this hour, okay? We had a couple of calls in there that really got this show going. Although, before we do that, I got a very. How did I save this till this far down? Radio sit to get a major tune up. Are you familiar with this? No. Well, this is, you better listen very carefully, and you ought to have something put in your new contract about this, which you're not going to get. I mean, you'll get someday. Maybe. Federal regulators gave the go-ahead yesterday for digital radio. Oh, yes, I did hear about that. Sorry. Approving a plan to modernize the medium with better sound and new features for personalized programming. The FCC voted four to zip oh! to adopt digital radio technology created by Ibiquity Digital Corporation. Is that how they pronounce it? Because it's got like a little I, you know, like Ivotronic. And a, Ibiquity Digital Corp., a company backed by large broadcasters, including ABC and Viacom, Grave Robbers. CBSnews.com is part of Viacom, and this, of course, is on their website. The commissioner is enthusiastic. By the way, did I mention Netscape sucks? All you people out there, Netscape blows. Internet Explorer is the way to go, right? Right on. Wetscape uh, wet, wucks. Sucks. It says we don't get many items where it's a win-win for everyone. There's no downside, Commissioner Kathleen Abernathy be saying. Radio has changed little for decades. Oh, that's what you think. Radio has changed little for decades. Thanks to this very same FCC, it's become a, uh, a sewer like a septic tank. FCC Chairman Michael Powell said he's heartened that such a dramatic leap forward in technology is in store. Before I continue with this, which is very important for people since they're listening to the radio right now, I'm assuming, or listening on the Internet, but same difference. Uh, so what did the Beast tell you while he was in there eating his lunch? About what? No, come on, don't, no, don't play. He must have told you some, some juicy stuff. Not on and this like, occasion, Like Jeb no. Bush would say, some juicy details, in quotes. No on this juicy occasion, he didn't say anything about that issue. No? No. Well, you're not a very good detective then, man. We, we were eating. He was eating. That's why you'll never be real fat, see? You'll never be a fat person. Because fat people, just like me, I can do the show, I can eat, I can, like, uh, tell gossip. I, uh, a million different car. things at the same time. And keep Oh, drive the car, take a dump. I mean, anything. You name it. <laughs> no, and I've ne I never have done that, but I, I'm sure that I know fat people. I don't want to mention any names <laughs> in this building. You can just see them in there with a bucket of chicken, you know, not between their knees. <laughs> on the TV tray? Yeah, no, no, just a bucket in between their knees. You have to kind of like spread your legs anyway when you're taking a good dump. <laughs> I can see them in there, and the colonel is smiling back at him. He's he is holding his nose though. <laughs> he's got a he's got a clothespin on his nose, the old colonel. And he said, "Oh, it's finger looking good." <laughs> <laughs> oh man, you can't you can't envision Fat Boy in there with a oh, couple oh, of Big yeah. Macs. <laughs> I can see it right yeah, now. Turkey leg. Yeah, turkey leg would be good. <laughs> I can't envision it right now. Anyway, I'm thrilled and excited to see Radio Wagon Train finally get to the other side. Michael Powell said, "Of course, the son of uh, what's his name there, Colin uh, Adam Clayton, whatever his name is." 
The approval allows radio stations to immediately begin broadcasting digital signals, though it will probably take a few months for the first stations to start. And you can believe if it costs money, we're not going to be one of them. Digital radio could be the biggest update to the medium since the debut of FM in the 40s, said Ken Mueller, radio curator at the Museum of TV and Radio in New York. Mueller said that like FM, which didn't become popular until the 70s, it's going to take quite some time to phase in. And it's going to take a long time here because the Beasleys will have to raise the money. We're not talking, and they'll have to sell the banjos first. We're not talking 30 years here, he said, but you have to wait till people start getting receivers to pick this up. Manufacturers plan to sell digital receivers for car stereos and high-end audio systems starting next year, adding about 100 bucks to the price of a traditional unit. It's unclear how soon digital technology will be included in portable radios. The ubiquity technology allows broadcasters to use their existing airwaves, sending digital analog radio simultaneously. Since stations won't need a new place in the radio band and there's no cutoff date for analog service, listeners without digital radios won't have their favorite stations go silent. If you had a black-and-white TV and your local stations started broadcasting in color, your black-and-white TV still worked, said the president of uh, Ubiquity, Robert Struble. But if you wanted the high-quality new picture, you've got to go buy color TV. It's the same with digital radio. And basically what it says is new technology will bring CD-quality sound to FM broadcast and end the static for AM and new data features. How do you like that? Like it'll have the age when you're listening to the morning show, it'll have like a 73 on a, on a uh, screen? That'll it'll be Moe's age. Crawl. Of course, I don't know if this stuff's going to be available if Moe's still be here by that time. A couple of months. No, oh, now Duff did come in here and write the book. I like that. The 21st, was I right? Did I have the yes, right date? Yes, you nailed it. Monday the 21st, which today, let's see, it's a week from Monday, will be the summer book. Oh, oh hallelujah. That I'm going to make a big project out of that, boy. Think or Thwim. And, in fact, that's probably what uh, Greg is dragging his feet on your contract about. He wants to see what kind of a number you had. You know what I'm saying? So you better hope that I bailed your ass out in September. You better hope we had a big September to bail your little uh, guava-eating, uh, spick-eating ass. Because otherwise, uh, we got real tourists. And, of course, that morning show, if that thing continues to, to tank, I think somebody might say to Mo, hey, tanks, but no tanks. See ya. See you at Orlando Marais' house. If he says that again this weekend, I'm gonna, I, may, I may take a couple of weeks off as a matter of protest. See, all those guinea grinders out there, they're all bent out of shape about that silly thing with the Sopranos marching in that parade. They ought to be upset that here's a guy supposed to know something about football, and he's calling him Olindo Mare. You better learn your Italian, mister, because you sure don't. Right. Olindo Mare, my ass. And by the way, Hank said he knows Olindo's sister or something like that, and it's Mare. Everybody, everybody knows that. Boca Bryan's going to be doing Volare. We're going to have that song in here in a couple of days. You got it? He's working on it. Volare. With Domenico Madugno. I'm sorry, Domenico Madugno. 1227 at 560 WQM. Is there anybody in the world who isn't plunging their guts at VIPsportsbook.com? How about Gary Sarner? He's an asshole. Well, let me tell you, you're missing out on a really fine sportsbook if that's the case. They're really fine. You hear a lot of ads these days, but you need to do some research before you put your hard-earned cash down. It's some unstable third-world sportsbook, say like in Hialeah Gardens, some awful place like that. Let me help you out. VIPsportsbook.com is the only book to be unanimously endorsed by the industry watchdogs. They're Dutch-based and one of the first online sportsbooks ever come down the pike. And, of course, if that day comes when you go on a roll of a lifetime, at that time you want to be with the best sportsbook going, which, of course, unquestionably is VIPsportsbook.com. And with the football season going big and now hockey starting again, you want to plunge at VIPsportsbook.com, open your account online, and get yourself that 15% cash sign-up bonus. And don't forget, VIPsportsbook.com offers you the highest parlay odds you'll find anywhere up to 2,000 to 1. So get over to VIPsportsbook.com and plunge into a book with class that you can trust. Call toll-free to sign up, 1-866-VIP-BETS. That's 1-866-VIP-BETS. Or sign up online and get you that 15% cash bonus. 
Just go to VIPSportsbook.com online and uh, click it on. VIPSportsbook.com, where you be the VIP. Live and local, this is 560. The radio is all yours now. QAM. The butt, I smell it. Beep. Negro. Fooling foul is the masses. Negro. Neat. Negro. Fooling foul be a right wing schwoe. Shining the shoes of white man Bush. Fooling foul is the masses. Negro. Spreads his cheeks to kiss his tush. Fooling foul is the masses. Negro. Stepping and fetching at the whim of his white master. Fooling foul is the masses. Negro. Takes us to the needs of the globalist crackers. Owl is the Mercer's Negro. And Uncle Tom's subservient cool. Oh! Owl is the Mercer's Negro. A twistling black safe boot lip spook. Owl is the Mercer's Negro. Yo! Coolin' be, coolin' be, coolin' be, coolin' be a slave negro. Yes, coolin' foul, oh, that would he be do. <laughs> All right. It's got 16 stars. It's number one with 14 bullets already. 1233 at 560. You know what else is on here that we've been looking for? And Mo would be proud of this. Your organ grinder. For all you train monkeys that's, that's out the there. That's the one without the monkey. Oh, is there one with the monkey? Oh, yeah. I like the monkey one better. Well, maybe we'll take a poll on that. Which one do you like better? With or without? Roar! It smelled like a skunk. That's what Roy said. 27 to 1 at 560 WQAM. 385 votes on that poll today, baby. And they say the tone, they like the tone right now. We like the way that tone sounds right, right about there. Wow, do you hear that? That thing was piercing. Crank it up a couple of notches. Okay, now, see, I said we would take some more calls, and there aren't any calls. Didn't I just say that a minute ago? I said, let's take some more calls this hour. We got 40%, even, even 40% want calls. The tone sucks. We want the callers back. Where are they? Can't take no calls if we don't have any. 5670560, oh, pound 560 on the AT&T and Verizon line. How about those Panthers? Oh! <laughs> yeah, let's do that guy a favor. Do some Panther talk. Then we won't be knocking El Presidente so much. By the way, when cigarettes become harder to buy, more miners steal them. I just thought I'd mention that. Gee, what a shock. Yeah, isn't that surprising? WQAM. How you doing? Okay, great. <laughs> hey, please stop all the reading. Oh, my God. I've been listening to you for 20 years. Sometimes it gets a little ponderous. A little bit. Oh, how about, you know, day-old news and you're reading it? I mean, I'm not slamming you. I love you. Yeah. And I'm still here. But, but you got to mix it up a little bit, a little bit more. Well, that's what I'm doing today. I'm mixing it up. Okay, just because you get a bad call doesn't mean we're all fuck out here, you know. We still listen. I still love your show. I don't agree with your politics all the time. I put up with all the left-wing leanings and the bashing of the right. Well, well wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. Yeah. You, you put up with the left-wing? I don't understand what that means. In other words, I'm yeah, gonna... no. The show's very political now, don't you think? Yeah, well, that's because there's a lot of heavy-duty crap going on. That's well, right. Yeah, in your eyes, but you know the listeners are. Well, now, wait, 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 wait. So, in other words, the fact that we're about to attack Iraq, 
the fact that we have all this economic turmoil going on and people losing their life savings, in other words, it's only in my eyes that there's heavy-duty crap going on. Maybe I invented it. Neil, 13 years ago, you were behind the Gulf War, and I used to listen to you. I was behind the Gulf War because they invaded another country. They invaded Kuwait. What the hell has that got to And in other words, in other words, so 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 the fact that we were against them invading another country, now we should support this country invading them. Is that the idea? Sir, they invaded. In my eyes, they invaded us on September 11th. Wait, wait a minute. What, what evidence have you got that that Iraq had anything to show? You're an idiot. Okay, you're just another one of them Bush quizlings, and you're another good one. I'm glad I took those two calls there. What a job they've done. Yeah. No, it's not a quite. No, you don't understand. It, he didn't have to do any job. In other words, lead us to the water, and we'll suck it up, even if we know there's arsenic in it, because we want to believe whatever you tell us. They there is absolutely it. no evidence. Fifteen of the nineteen goddamn hijackers on 9/11 came from Saudi Arabia. Our good allies. Our good close personal buddies with a bad, uh, bad schmatas on their heads. Man, oh man, there wasn't one single Iraqi involved in that attack. There was he, no Iraq attack. Saddam isn't that kind of Muslim. He, in fact, if you if you if you really, uh, it's a little bit too complex for you, sir. Just take a look at the uh, pictures, okay? Pictures should be easy for you to figure out. Look at the picture of Saddam with a little mustache. There's no beard. There's not not, not that kind of headgear, okay? That's all you have to see. No beard, no Ashmata headgear, and then you know he's not one of them. He don't want anything to do with them. They want to kill him. They, they would love to kill him. And they would also love for us to go in there and start this hysteria to get all their fanatical Muslims all over the world whipped up into a frenzy. This is the this will be the culmination of just exactly what Osama Yamama hoped to start with 9-11. That's exactly what he wanted. And assholes like you are saying, oh, yeah, well, this is revenge for See, this is what they're playing on. This is what the, the fascists up there are playing on is your emotion. And that's why this last September 11th, the one-year anniversary, boy, they played it up to the hilt. Played it to the hilt. And here's Carl Rove says, well, you don't try to sell a new product in August. What a great line that was. What a, what a rare moment of honesty. honesty, yeah. Slipped right out. Don't try to sell a new product. So in other words, come 9-11, though, in September when, you know, the dog days of summer are over and everybody's back to business, that's when you start pushing heavy duty and brainwashing the masses out there because the masses, most of them are just like this guy. See, the people that don't want me to read this stuff are the people he puts up with my left-wing leanings. I love that. I'm not any more left-wing now than I was 10 years ago, 20 years ago, whatever you're talking about. It's just that I don't have, I don't feel that I'm doing any kind of anything productive sitting here talking to a bunch of bozos every day saying, oh, Joey's a douchebag. There's nothing interesting about that. It's not productive. It's not interesting. It's not amusing. It's not a radio show, okay? And I'll guarantee you, every day at 1 o'clock in Toronto when the end of that show came, when I was up there, I felt like I had just accomplished something worthwhile. And yeah, it's ponderous reading. I understand that. But I'm, I'm sorry. I'm not that kind of a, I, first of all, there aren't that many hours in the day. I don't have this vast staff. I wonder my friend Lynn Samuels, I, I, I don't know what kind of people she's got working, but they gotta be the best because her website is sensational. It's all her, Brian says. Is it really? Yeah. She's phenomenal. She, mu she must not sleep. She must spend every waking moment looking for the most incredible stories and she puts the links to them right there. I, I probably get more stuff off her website than anything else. Stuff that people need to know. But I'm just, I don't have the time in the day to do the research, to be able to pour through all of this stuff, and then to be able to articulate and go into a rambling commentary on each story. This is why I'm reading them. In addition to which, most of the people whose columns I'm reading, like Nick Kristoff and all these other people, are, and Molly Ivins, are a hell of a lot more articulate and brilliant than I'll ever be. Where are they going to hear that on the broadcast media? They're not, and they're, and they're not going to read it either, this business about day-old news. Where the hell are we getting day-old news? What's day-old? 
What is this man talking about? He's just making crap up like that they attacked Because he doesn't want to hear it, okay? I'm telling you right now, sir. In fact, it's the noon to one hour. This is the hour when all good right-wingers like you are supposed to be listening to that deaf fat ass over there on 9 or whatever he's on, 610. Or to that uh, real lunatic, that self-aggrandizing putz who hasn't got it. I don't think he even can spell his name right because he's just a master of misinformation, an egotistical pompous little ass, Bill O'Reilly. But there you got all the right-wingers you could want. They're all over the place. The supposedly liberal media that we got, all that anybody has got to do is, is say anything in disagreement with this fascist regime we got in power now, who stole a frickin' election right here in your backyards, by the way. That wasn't good enough to convince you. God forbid anybody should. And, and like that one guy said, oh, I couldn't relate to the people who voted for Gore. Well, good, I'll see you in church, okay? I'll see you at Armageddon time. And believe me, I'm not buying your crap, okay? It'll probably won't be Jesus either. It'll be Cat Stevens dressed up as Jesus. You're not fooling me. No idea. Why the hell not? He's he's into buying whatever new piece of crap is popular at the moment. Jesus, Cat Stevens, and Jesus. He's even big on those uh, Chinese. He said the dog is in the kettle. That's his new song coming out. Twenty till one, and or is it the skunk is in the kettle? That's its grand's house. <laughs> oh, man. That was P.D. Lenny who said that, screw it, not me. I'm not the one who said P.D. Lenny said that. He said something really stinks. Something, uh, what's that line in the song? Something ain't right here, something, uh, in the screw answer. Well, we'll play it. We'll find out. By the way, speaking of the Chinese, folks, our good personal friends, how about the Emerald Coast Chinese Buffet? There are no dogs on the menu there, I'll tell you. Richard wouldn't put up with that. There's maybe some dogs in there eating. In fact, some of those big porkers who always show up at all the buffets, they're there, and the reason that they're there is because they know the food is sensational. At the Emerald Coast, whether you're skinny, whether you're already a big tub of crap, or whether you're just in between. All you have to do to eat the Emerald Coast is be hungry for some delicious food. they got a real feast waiting for you. they got three locations, Sunrise, North Miami Beach, and the newest location in prestigious Pembroke Pines. Start your uh, meal with a choice of six different soups. Then sample dozens and dozens of succulent entrees, oriental surf and turf on the weekend with Alaskan King Crab and New York Strip made to order. And then, of course, be sure and check out that gourmet center, a sizzling Asian grill featuring teriyaki steak, shrimp, chicken, seafood, and hand-carved prime rib. It is unbelievable. The Emerald Coast Buffet promotes healthy living, too, because they cook all of their fine cuisine with cholesterol-free oils. And there's no crap there. There's no MSG. There's no, uh... I just told him the joke. About what? Oh, about the skunk? And their buffet features a full salad bar, a new sushi bar, and fresh shrimp cocktail, too. One requirement, try to save some room for desserts or take along a crowbar to open up your pants because the dessert bar is amazing, featuring pies and cakes, pastry, uh, pastries, ice cream with all your favorite toppings, and fresh fruit. It's a perfect end to an unforgettable meal. Three locations, like I said, you'll find at Emerald Coast in Sunrise, Pine Island at 44th, Collins Avenue just north of 163rd, North Miami Beach, and at the intersection of Flamingo and Pembroke Roads in Pembroke Pines. They accept reservations, takeout and delivery available as well. Call 954-572-3822. We even have the number right now. Nice going there, Skippy. 954-572-3822 for more info on the amazing Emerald Coast and look for the new Oriental Chicken Salad, too. We're Sports Radio 560 QAM. Friday, you bastards.
be the bitch I bang tonight. I'll smack your head and bruise up your body the way you like. Screw it. You get my mojo long and strong. Give charity money to OJ and don't care if it's wrong. You blonde and you white. You just be my type. The kind of bitch we like. You know how to do it right. You got a date with OJ tonight. Go. 14 till 1 at 560. I always wonder what that white stripe was down her right leg, you know? Screw in. Here's a fact that says, don't listen to that guy. Your show rocks with no callers. All the articles you read are interesting and informative. It's nice to hear articles from other newspapers and such. Thanks and keep it up. Love, Aja. How do you like that? Amen. Or somebody out there is a happy camper. See, I don't take any of this very seriously because, you know, anything that is good, this town don't like it in the first place, you know? And if it sucks, it's just like Pavel Burry in the Panthers. Oh, we didn't need him. He had a bad attitude. Blah, blah, blah. You're right. Right. And then we got people writing crap in the newspapers. They wouldn't know a hockey puck if you stuck a dozen of them up their ass like Dave Hyde and Dave Joseph. Who the hell are you guys kidding, man? I've read better stuff in, in, uh, in the toilet paper from Germany I was reading about the other day. Remember that? I've read better stuff on there and had better bratwurst. Who are you guys kidding, man? Strictly the bushes. That That's the amazing thing, boy. You go and you live somewhere else for a few months, and you come back here and you realize Bush League is, is an, it, it's to use that term in regard to this town is like uh, an insult to all Bush League places. Just incredible. Religious Big Brother contestants will sacrifice goat and fast for a week. Housemates in a religious version of Big Brother in Holland will set aside tasks such as sacrificing a goat and fasting for a week. The program, provisionally titled The Abbey, will bring 12 people of different religions together in an old abbey for 13 weeks. And by the way, before I go on with this story, that guy and the other one before also. The reason he's not listening to Lardass and not listening to Bill O'Reilly and not listening to G. Gordon Liddy is because of the fact he couldn't turn the show off if you paid him. He's obsessed with this program. And if you think they give me a, by sucking up to me, well, I've listened to you for years and I really like you, but, 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 too bad. I'm not saying what you want me to say. I'm saying they pay me to say what I want to say, what I think, not what you think. That's another reason why the callers suck, okay? Producers told De Morgan the program is intended to highlight the need for more, uh, uh, De Morgan, I'm sorry, for more dialogue between different religions. And they hope it will also encourage people to be more spiritual and seek a deeper meaning to their lives. Dutch station NCRV hopes it will be screened next year. There will be a weekly program showing highlights from the Abbey plus brief daily updates. A spokesman said the participants will not be filmed for 24 hours a day. They'll get some privacy, but they'll have to perform some tasks as the ritual killing of a goat and fasting for a week. For a week. Woo! Man. Of course, you know, in Holland, that's easy because the food's so bad anyway. Also, I've heard. Oh, and by the way. I'm coming back on Air Canada the other day, and evidently in the, the magazine they got, you know, all the airlines have their crappy magazines. They're doing a series of comparisons between each issue, two cities, two major cities around the world. And this one was Montreal against Amsterdam. And so far, of all the cities they've raided, Fran Paris was number one, which, oh. And then uh, Amsterdam was just behind. New York was way behind that, and then uh, Montreal was way, way behind. But the one thing I wasn't aware of is the fact, are you aware of the, the French fries? are double deep-fried. Where? In Holland. Mm. The ones that they all rave about. They're oh, that's oh. the biggest thing going over there. That's because the rest of the food sucks so bad. But they're double deep-fried. So, you, cafes. Didn't, didn't I tell you about the thing that Rimmer got that day, of fries on the dam rack? I, it was enough to feed the Chinese army. And uh, I think he finished it. 
Oh, man. And you can put whatever you like on there. they got a whole bunch of different uh, toppings that you can put on there. they got, like, the brown sauce and the mayonnaise and the uh, different stuff. Curry. Kid Curry. Saw Kid Curry before, by the way. He's glad to have me back. I guess because he liked the cigar smoke. Yeah, that's right. A lot of compliments about that, by the way. I beg your pardon? A couple people mentioned it. Said what? Said what a wonderful aroma as they walked past the door. Well, here's another one for you. It's a good thing they didn't come in here right now because, well, you know, I had... I had that little bit of a, that omelet this morning. It was very yeah. good from Balance for Life, that mushroom omelet. But, you know, those egg farts, man. Egg. I, I, he, he, he thought I was joking. I told him before when he was in here, you better get out of here quickly because I just fart real bad. And since you left, believe me, there have been more on the way. Just deposited right in this seat of mine. Yeah, flipped his wig from that, <laughs> using it as a face mask. You know something? That's right. If we ever have a chemical or biological attack, Book of Brian will be safe if he's walking around with that piece. It'll double as a face mask. Nothing, <laughs> nothing gets through that, baby. I'll tell you that. Woo! Four hundred five votes on our poll. The tone of Neil's show is: it makes no difference to me where he be doing a show. Hundred and seventy-three said that. Forty-three percent. The tone sucks. We want the callers back. One hundred and sixty-two. Forty percent. Uh, it's best from Miami. Forty. Best from Toronto. Twenty-two. And best from Amsterdam. Six. With those double uh, deep-fried uh, fries. Friday, you bastard. Oh, fat ass Rosie, please go away. Find a new way to attack the buffet. Go home and eat your ho hos till you explode. Just like your fat, fat churning ladies Have to buy two seats on a plane Smelling your fingers that have yellow stain From Cheetos, can't see your toes Past your piggy poo nose Proud to be fat, disgusting and pasty Oi, oi You make the shirted women smile they like a gal who's fat and sassy, big smelly fat, so repulsive and vile. Your body cheese smells like a crapper. After it was occupied by Ed Asner, need a shoehorn to get into your car, cause you're too goddamn wide. Oink and squeal, oink and squeal, oink and squeal, fat lady. Living with your lover, let's be slobbering and snorting the tree between her knees. Mashed potato yeast smells fishy to me. Laughing up a tuna that's moist and tasty. Now, what did you just tell me? I, I wasn't following that at all. Oh, I was trying to go fast because the bit was ending. Who was doing this? Howard. Mo? Yeah. Curse. He said, shut the F up during a dolphin banquet? Or something like that. Whatever it was. The Playboy party. Well, that's very unprofessional if you ask me. Almost as unprofessional as that little fat turd, that ball of crap. The beast. Don't ever let him on the air, whatever your name is. What was it? Felcher? Something like that. Here's an article, kind of cute if we have time, I hope. Frank Sarabino in the Palm Beach Post. I can barely understand nudity laws, he says. I'm a student of nudity laws, which never fail to be entertaining in vocabulary building. 
We've been lucky here in Palm Beach County to be treated to some gems. The town of Palm Beach fought in vain for seven years to keep an ordinance that prohibited men from jogging topless. And a legal case over a topless donut shop in West Palm Beach, remember that? Led to sure some did. groundbreaking discussions of the donut as entertainment. Nudity laws are wonderfully verbose. You might even say discernibly turgid with words. Palm Beach County's ordinance defines the limits of breast exposure in a sentence that carries on for a dizzying 79 words. But i got to hand it to Daytona Beach, which has just passed a city nudity ordinance that sets fractional standards. Daytona's law will require women to cover at least one quarter of their breast and everyone to cover at least one third of their rear ends while in public. Daytona, a frequent destination for bikers, college kids, and other hellraisers, will begin finding public uh, flashes as much as 500 bucks. The law goes into effect next week, just in time for the rowdy Biketoberfest. This will obviously put a damper on the annual biker tradition of nude wrestling in Nevada coleslaw. When nude coleslaw wrestling is outlawed, only outlaws will wrestle nude in coleslaw, Daytona News Journal columnist Mark Lane told me, lamenting the turn of events in his city. But I was more intrigued by the fractional definitions of nudity. You see, the only certain thing about nudity laws is the creative ways people find to circumvent them. For example, when Seminole County passed an anti-nudity club three years ago, a local strip club got around it by performing Shakespeare's Macbeth in the nude, thereby using a First Amendment exemption for nudity that occurs while performing a work of art. So I began wondering how these nude fractions in Daytona might play out. Let's say you cover half of one breast, a quarter more than required. Does this mean you get to leave the other one bare? In other words, will nudity be transferable like unused cell phone minutes can be under some calling plans? I got a copy of the ordinance, which was specific to the point of being undecipherable. Buttocks means the area at the rear of the body, which lies between two imaginary lines running parallel to the ground when a person is standing. We're just getting started. The first or top such line drawn at the top of the cleavage of the nates and the second or bottom line drawn at the lowest visible point of this cleavage or the lowest point of the curvature of the fleshy protuberance, whichever is lower, and between two imaginary lines on each side of the body, which lines are per perpendicular to the ground, and to the horizontal lines described above, and which perpendicular lines are drawn through the point at which each nate meets the other side of the leg. He's not. That's the end, literally. Now, as long as you can figure that out, how to cover a third of that, you'll be fine in Daytona, he writes in today's Palm Beach Post. Mad Dog's coming along next, fully clothed, thank goodness. And then we got Hank and Eddie Kay, thank God, covered up uh, amply at Calder this afternoon at 3 o'clock. And then we got all that football crap coming up. Bye, bye, bye! The Neil Rogers Show on 560 WQAM, Miami, Fort Lauderdale. It just felt like a prick.